was just I because I was listening to Star Talk and Bill Nye was on with Neil deGrasse Tyson, and I was like, that's right, Bill Nye was a person that I absolutely adore. So I, I should like search him on the internet and see what else he's done. <clears throat> so it took me to his website where I found out a multitude of things. First of all, there's a a planetary SpaceX program that he is a part of that's basically it's basically a, like a club and yeah. money they raise goes to funding NASA and, and such stuff like that. Um, and <clears throat> to help promote that, Toshiba gave him a buckload of money to run a like five or six video series like last year that was a reboot of that segment from his show, his old show called Consider the Following. So there is actually a new Consider the Following series that that was posted up on YouTube on his channel, uh, funded entirely by Toshiba uh, for, you know, the purpose of raising money for his planetary foundation and promoting general science knowledge everywhere. Um, So after that, I found a video of um, of him giving a talk at, at the Planetary Society um, about the Mars landing, which I thought was interesting because you know I figured, of course, he'd be talking about the Mars landing at SpaceX. It's right up his alley, and he was he was actually talking about how he had been involved in the project. And what happened was. Um, his old physics professor from Cambridge University or wherever the fuck he – I think it was Cambridge that he went um, – had died. And he had kept in touch with him you know, and his family for a long time. <clears throat> and so he was attending his funeral. And while he was there, the project lead for the team that built Curiosity was also there because he had also studied under that same professor. <laughs> um <clears throat> And so Bill Nye was like, oh, my God, you're the guy who's building the, you know, <laughs> the next probe to Mars. And he was like, oh, my God, you're Bill Nye, the science guy. <laughs> and, and so they started talking. And, you know, Bill was just like, oh, man, I, I just I, you know, I'm, I'm so excited for, for the next mission to Mars. I'm like, I've been super promoting you guys. And we've been trying to raise money for NASA and all this stuff. And, and the guy was like, well, Bill, why don't you come in and just like check out our program and so bill was like fuck yes i would love to come and watch you build a rover so he went to <coughs> he went to go you know hang out with the engineering crew that was building and bill nye is an engineer you know he was uh, more than just a television personality he's also an, an expert engineer he's built <coughs> and designed a lot of uh things and while he was there um you know, he was just chilling, watching them, you know, work and talk and stuff, and occasionally throwing in his own uh, opinions. They had this uh, part of the rover that fits under the camera that uh, projects or that uh, makes a shadow with the sun, and it's always in the field of view of the camera because it's there for color correction reasons, so the camera doesn't autocorrect itself and turn the sky blue or something. Um. And Bill Nye was like, oh, my God, you guys, you could totally turn this into a sundial. And they were like, why would we do that? He was like, because sundials are cool. That's why. (laughs) 
So, um, the project lead said, okay, Bill Nye, here, here's the color correction module. You can turn this into a sundial. So, on the latest Mars rover, <laughs> the color correction module doubles as a sundial, which was built by Bill Nye the Science Guy. What? That's pretty fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's super cool that there's something on Mars that was touched by Bill Nye the Science Guy. <laughs> Neil deGrasse Tyson's all like jelly <laughs> You know, we often wonder if he was still alive, what he would say about our current state of exploration. Who? Fucking Carl Sagan. Oh, yeah. What he would think about us actually getting something to Mars. That was actually kind of, you know, permanent. Yeah. Because those probes, they're not supposed to come back. Well, I'm... Uh, it's my opinion, I'm totally for, like, sending uh, probes and robots into space instead of humans. Just because it's so much cheaper and so much safer. Really, I kind of see sending you, humans. You don't have in, to. You don't have to jump through the same ridiculous number of safety hoops. That's why yeah. it's it's so much cheaper to do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, you I mean, know, of course, being humans, we are going to want to send people to Mars eventually. Oh yeah, yeah, eventually. <laughs> but you know, okay, all the probes you send to Mars aren't uh, you know are not coming back. I think it's safe to assume that any humans we send back to Mars most likely are not going to come back. It's it's a very long trip. Yeah. And it would not be cost effective to make it a two-way trip. And um, that's, you know, part of the reason why we haven't done. It. The other reason obviously being that long space trips are very hard to plan for. Yeah. And if very dangerous. Thing, if one thing goes wrong, yeah. Everything's fucked, yeah. You know, so you'd have to get people who are mentally who are not only professionals in their field but also ex mentally stable enough or weird enough to accept the fact that you're going to Mars, you're not coming back home. You're yeah. gonna live on Mars for the rest of your life. And that's pretty difficult. And with that being said, you wouldn't just send astronauts, you'd send scientists, you'd send uh, doctors, <clears throat> psychologists, farmers, the, the, engineers. The, yeah, the human mission to Mars is a, is a very long way off. Um, yeah. I mean, we're talking at least another round of, of probes, if not two or three, before, uh, assuming NASA's funding holds out, before... Um, Anybody at NASA is going to feel even remotely comfortable about talking about going to Mars. Um, they're just like, unlike the Moon, which we can pretty easily observe, and isn't there, and there isn't much to observe to begin with. Um, Mars has a lot of shit on it, and yeah. uh, and it's way, way the fuck far away. It's like we can't just, just fucking look at it with a high power telescope. It's really fucking far away. <coughs> I think the other issue with Mars, too, is that, it, unlike the moon, it has a more substantial atmosphere. Mm -hmm. Which means yeah. it has weather. Yeah. 
it has those dust storms, and those things can be planet wide. And I don't think I don't think a human would be too comfortable being caught out in the dust. I mean, being caught out in a sandstorm sucks. Yeah. Imagine being caught in a, a fucking dust storm on another planet. And you have to remember too that, you know, uh, plus it's cold it, out there. Yeah, it's it's fucking cold, and you have to go there and stay there. And so, you, how do you sustain a group of humans on a fucking cold ass world with no air, or with no or with no breathable atmosphere? Well, I think uh, it was either on the Skeptics Skeptics Guide to the Universe or like Astronomy Cast. They were talking about it, it, when we go, when we do eventually go, you know, put colon, a colony on the moon and eventually a colony on the Mars, uh, Mars. The first colonies are essentially just going to be trailer parks. You know, yeah. they're basically just going to build, you know, dig trenches and put these habitation units in those trenches and bury them. And that's where they're going to live for at least the first colonies. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then afterwards, they'll build more substantial bases, but... Those very first people are going to live a very hard and shitty life. Yep. But we got a long way to go before we can actually start putting people permanently on other worlds. Yeah. Uh, even, even the moon, which is so close, comparatively. Yep. We, we are nowhere near uh, colonizing the moon. It's not going to happen. We don't have any real... We don't... I mean, you know, they'd have to... Well, the biggest issue is be getting supplies to them. Yeah, you'd have to be able to have yeah. the funding and then the planning and efficiency to get an effective amount of supplies to the colony. Yeah, and then well, and then uh, what else was I gonna say? For, shit, I forgot. David, get on Skype. Uh, well, the another thing too, and actually from my read, the uh, the lunar missions were all scheduled at very specific times to avoid the, this problem, but another problem is the whole getting their cosmic rays. You yeah. know. And they said if they had launched those lunar missions at the wrong time, uh, those those astronauts could have been a, could have been hit with cosmic rays and probably would have died. Oh, uh, they knew the rift. Had, uh, I'm messing into the call. Yeah. So... I think that's one of the great things about those guys, though, that went up there. I mean, they knew the fucking risks for that. Hell, even on Earth, those, those rockets could have exploded. You press the call button. Yeah. yeah. Hang on, let me add Sigmus. Oh, there he is. Hey. Hey. Uh, oh, nice, nice motorcycle there. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yeah. That's what I think is great. That's what I think is amazing about them. They, those rockets could have exploded underneath them. Something could have gone wrong mid-flight, and the rocket could have blown up in midair. Well, you know what happened to Apollo One, right? Yeah, yeah the fire that broke out the yeah. module. As, yeah, they, as we well know, what happens when you build something incorrectly, right? In <laughs> What's that? <laughs> we all yeah. know what happens when things go wrong when right in Oh, yeah. Kurt, space program. oh god, I love Curveball Space Program. Oh, such a I'm great just, game. I'm just gonna send these guys to their death. No big. Oh yeah, Curveball yeah. Space Program. My name is ridiculous. 
I think I have, I think I have those videos saved on my live stream. But yeah, you just see, it's like, I, I, cause I, I think in my current game, I've got like three capsules orbiting the sun. Orbiting the sun? Yeah. <laughs> They're never coming. <laughs> Oh, yeah, poor guys, the poor guys on the ships are just like screaming. Yeah, yeah they're and just. They're just think about it, unless that thing has really great radiation shielding, they're just dying of radiation. Oh yeah, well I, I view the way I run the space program the same way as uh, I don't know Stalin would. <laughs> Sacrifices must be made. Yeah, just just keep piling space capsules in the space. Eventually, we'll be able to walk to the moon. Eventually something will hit something and we'll discover something else. Yeah. Oh, uh, that reminds me of the um it's a long time ago there was a Ren and Stimpy episode where it was sort of mocking the uh space race uh between the Soviet Union and Russia. And it was showing it all from the Russian side because Ren and Stimpy were uh Soviet citizens. And I remember um as they were entering the the Cosmodrome there's this there's this cardboard cutout of Lenin, and obviously a, a, a big fat Russian's behind it with his hand sticking through it, saying, uh, well, "You know, like welcome, brave cosmonauts, welcome, brave cosmonauts." And as he gets uh, Ren Simbi, he's like, "Welcome, brave cosmonauts, you suckers." <laughs> and oh, uh, sad but true. I mean, a lot of. It. Russian cosmonauts died trying to get to space. Well, there. You, you, have you heard about the those uh, supposed uh, lost cosmonaut tapes yeah. that were? Yeah, though I mean, don't know if those are real or not, but just a thought would just it's just fucking crazy that happening. Because yeah, especially the one where they there was those. Supposed recording of the first of a woman in space. Yeah. And she was, uh, her capsule had failed and she was re entering Earth and she was basically burning alive. If any of those are real, uh, and that means humans could have been in space as early as 1958. Yeah. My, my mic now? Yeah, okay. I mean, only 15 so years after yeah, World War II. That's just, that would just blow my mind. I mean, the fact that we made it to space, what was it, 63? I think it was 61 with Yuri Gagarin. Yeah, 61. First man in space is technically recognized was in 61. Yeah. Well, and. The first man in orbit. Yeah, and, you know, I. You know, again, we don't know if those tapes are real or not. We do know that the Soviet Union did edit uh, photographs to remove certain cosmonauts. So we we know that mistakes have happened, and they've tried to hide it. Yeah. So. Yeah. I thought that was a Fallout Three thing. Okay, I've been trying to play Fallout Three, but uh, yeah, with Windows Seven, it's really buggy. My biggest issue with it, actually, no, I fixed that. My biggest issue right now was with New Vegas. I need to find a way to merge my mods together so they won't all load in at different times because it's fucking killing my. It's it's getting to the RAM and then crashing. Yeah, I'm just playing Fallout Three, just completely vanilla. 
just because I'm too worried about it crashing. Though I, I think I, I think I, I, I fixed it by fixing the uh, that ini file in, in the documents folder. But other than that, I'm just running completely vanilla. What's Fallout about? I forget. I haven't played it. Fallout? Um, well, it depends on which one you play, but generally it's about these settings usually will always in post-apocalyptic America. Uh, it's like the 1950s never stopped. Um, it was a huge nuclear war. Uh, and depending on the depending on the game you play, there's a different story behind each one. Yeah, and it's actually it was a nuclear war between uh, the United States and China, not Russia. Yeah, communist China. Yeah, which. I, I would love. They probably won't do it, but I'd love to see a Fallout game set in China. Yeah. Let me find out. China is actually better off than most of the U.S. Yeah, I'm tired of them always involving Russia. Yeah, it's, it, now that they ran out of using the Nazis, now it's Soviet Russia or yeah. imperialist Russia. Yeah, nationalist Russia. It's like, God, we need to find a new enemy. It's like, I know the Russians did bad shit, but come on. Even, even the steampunk Nazis were more entertaining, <laughs> I so, think. I mean, it wouldn't happen because, you know, they of America, fuck yeah, but I would love to see a game where America is actually the bad guy. <laughs> there actually are. There actually are a couple games like that. They're they're made in Syria and Iran, but there are a couple indie games where, like Israel and the United States, are shown as to be the bad guys. Oh, and don't don't forget uh, School Shooter World Tour. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which by the way, even though it was banned from the Half Life Two forums, they are still around. <laughs> they are still making that game, and I'm excited for it. It would just be interesting to see a game where the United States is actually the evil empire. Well, again, it would have to be a game set where... And maybe you finally play as a Russians who are trying to stop, you know... I want to say that there's a game like that that I've played, but I just can't remember. I know, I I swear to God there's a game out there like that, but I, I can't remember what it would be for the life of me. Um... I keep really? Thinking, I, think, I keep thinking of code. Yes, that's why. <laughs> Where it's, they say it's Britannia, but it's really America. <laughs> oh um, yeah, code, code Geass. Yeah, where it's the nation of the the empire of Britannia, but it's really but the when, United when you States. Look at, when you look at the the intro sequence with the the military movement the fake military movement on the map. It's all those gigantic arrows coming out of California attacking Japan. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> and then, like, halfway through the, the second season, Britannia <clears throat> creates that incredible weapon, Slayer, that's, uh, that they use to take out one of Japan's cities. It's like, come on. <laughs> I know what you're doing here. We can all see it. It's not a secret. <laughs> Well, it's like they tried to make a whole uh, a whole thing about they tried to they tried to I think it was either the Japanese studio or the the American 
uh, licensor try to try to uh, put in a story about how it's all the royal family was uh, chased out of Great Britain in in the uh, when uh, Oliver Cromwell came to power and they fled to the American colonies and became super militaristic and all this shit. And it's like, oh, you're really stretching that. You're really stretching that. <laughs> yeah. Really, the only place I could really see uh, the United States really kind of being the bad guy would be a Vietnam game. Mm. Actually, when I think about it... Um... Uh, no, the, all the video no, games I've played have been just sort of mildly anti-war. Mm. When I think about it, I mean, it's kind of a little bit of a stretch, even though it's not the entire United States, it's part of the government. Red Dead Redemption was kind of in that way. It was kind of a man versus the American government. Yeah. And also, depending on how you fall on the... Um, whole issue of states' rights and in turn slavery, you could make a civil war game from the point of view of the Confederacy. Yeah, go to tools. True. Yeah. Options. Or really it's it's I mean, you know, yeah, America is sort of a it is a bully. But the problem is is we're not by our nature we're not like conquerors. We're not imperials. No, yeah. Which makes it really hard that's to true. make uh, default. Make America the bad guy. Just, you know, set down the hatch. Yeah, without making it feel absurd. Yeah, yeah, you'd have to. Right. You'd either have to go no, really into so. tinfoil hat territory or make a complete yeah, alternate so. history. Fuck. Uh, hello. There we go. Okay. Oh, finally, you got your mic working. Yeah, and he was using a laptop mic, and I was like, "You have a desktop mic." Yeah, you forgot. Yeah. No, that's, the a, way, that's I, a good mic. You could use that. <clears throat> okay. By the way, I've been recording for 22 minutes, so... Uh, okay. <laughs> I, I basically started recording when we started talking about um, Bill Nye. <laughs> so, yeah, Atticus, uh, basically what the electric Roni is, it's a very... There's no show notes, no nothing. It's just basically we talk about games or something or whatever. Yeah, we do everything just, out our head. Yeah, there's no plan or anything. Sounds good. Yeah. Yeah, it's like the GCC, but worse. <laughs> GCC has structure only because I force it to. Yeah. Yeah, so... So how you liking Dark Souls for the PC? You know, it's making me its bitch all over again. <laughs> like, my first time playing through Dark Souls, I got my ass handed to me by everything. Even the first enemies in the game, I'm like, how the fuck do I kill these assholes? And even though I know all the mechanics of the game now, the build I'm trying out, I'm trying out a completely new character, one that I've never done before, and it is frustrating as hell. <laughs> I haven't I haven't gotten a chance to try any of the new DLC stuff, the entire, you know, Artorius side story and all that stuff. But from what I've seen so far, it's going to be an ass kicking. As it as its child or as its uh, father before it was. <laughs> I never actually understood the the whole um 
idea that a game can be sold on the uh, on the idea that it just is very hard. Well, uh, I think what it is, um, the way the why they were able to market that is because you know we have the whole older you know older games from the late '80s through the early '90s. You know, there was the whole term Nintendo hard. Mm-hmm. Which meant you know, Nintendo games were hard because they were short. So game developers had to put difficulty into the game, had to put challenge in the game, and actual effort into thinking, how can I make this game fun but still challenging enough that it'll it, that it'll take them a while to beat it. And I think that's what a lot of people. I mean, myself too. My friend told me about this game. He's like, okay, so it's an action RPG. It's it's got good lore and all that, but the, but when he said it's like an old action RPG, and I'm like, so you mean it's difficult? He said, yeah, and that sold me on it. Mm-hmm. And then I tried it, and I'm like, okay, yeah, this is hard as hell. Actually, first time playing through, I had no idea what the fuck I was doing. I was getting my ass stomped all over the place. But as I started figuring out the game, I started getting more into the story of the game, more into the lore and all that stuff, and it's like it's it's got me hooked. Oh no, the 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 aesthetic of of the game. Cause I've watched. I would never play any of these because I'm just. I have no patience for for that <laughs> that sort of uh, thinking in game design. Um, minus you know Mega Man, I do like Mega Man, but that's something else. Um, I have watched playthroughs of of uh, Demon Souls. I, it, the aesthetic and to a certain extent the story and the you know. <clears throat> the enemy design and the look and feel is all great. It's just the, the simple fact that it's one of its major selling points is that it's just simply unforgivingly hard. It's not. It does not appeal to me um, as much. Yeah, I, I can it's understand. It's a game it's, I would pay to watch. Maybe. Yeah, it's it's not a game for everybody, and some. I guess it'd be more fun to watch because you're not the one getting your ass kicked and being frustrated <laughs> yeah. all the time. Yeah. <laughs> but to me, it's like. I actually saw a post on 4chan somebody made a perfect analogy. He was getting, he was playing it, getting his ass kicked, got pissed, quit. Ten minutes later, he's back on. Dark Souls <laughs> is like an abusive husband. No matter how much, this is the exact analogy he used. No matter how much it hurts you, no matter how mad you get about it, you'll always come back for more. If you actually legitimately enjoy the game, you will always come back for more. Yep. I've actually had that happen to me. I've been trying to kill a one single boss for the last about three hours of my gameplay that I put into it. One boss. And he kills me, I get mad, I quit. Literally, five minutes later, I go back and try and beat him again. <laughs> I just had this... Um, actually, I'm going to add Jay Hoop to the call. He, he wants to know this. So, um, Actually, I just had this mental image of, uh, of like the, the dude from the cover of Dark Souls like at... He just got done just beating the ever-living shit out of you, and he just left. And he's at, like, 7-Eleven, and he's feeling bad. So he's at the 7-Eleven, he's looking at the shit they sell at the counter. And it's, like, plastic roses and, like, shitty chocolate. And he just buys that <laughs> and comes back, gives it to you, and then just starts beating the shit out of you again. Because yeah. we all know that's what that stuff is for. All that stuff there at the counter at the 7-Eleven. That's, that's the abusive husband shopping center. <laughs> Yeah, it's. I mean, when I saw that analogy, I'm like, yeah, that's that's pretty good, especially for new players. I mean, I know plenty of people who have played this game. I, I tried to get a couple of my other friends to play it, and they got they got a decent way through the game, and then they got to that one boss that they could not get past, and that made them quit. And I'm like, 
well, now you just, I mean, you've gotten this far. Why would you give up now? It's like, because it's too frustrating. It's like, so you went through this boss and this area, which, you know, made me almost quit the game. And then you get to this one boss and it's like, now you're going to quit? <laughs> that kind of reminds me of, uh, it was probably, um, it, this isn't RPG related at all, but in Gran Turismo 2 for the PlayStation 1, um, in one of the uh, specialty races, it was like the uh, one of the classic car races. It was a it was a it was a three race series, and the final series, uh, one of the cars that always competed was a was like a 1964 uh, Ford GT40, mm-hmm. which is basically a, a street legal full blown race car, and you know you were limited on what cars you could use, and in that time period from the library of cars in the game, that was the only, that was the fastest car available. (laughs) Most acceleration, fastest car. You could modify every other car, every other classic car as much as you could. It would not be nearly as fast as the GT40. And the only way you could beat it was with another GT40. But the only way you could get a GT40 was to beat that series. And then you'd get the GT40. So, in order to get a hundred percent completion of the game, you basically had to cheat. You had to, you had to put, you had to use like a game shark or something to get the GT40, and then you could beat the game. But that was more like just shitty, shitty design, shitty programming. Yeah. That's and, like... and you know, not so much just. But still, it's the same feeling. It's just like you're so close to just beating this goddamn game, and it's just that one boss, well, that one knows? car. What I love about Dark Souls, too, is, like, there are people who have beaten this game at level one. You can beat this game without leveling up, ever. You can beat this game capping your level at 25. It doesn't matter what level you are in the game. You can kill every single boss in the game from your starting level. Why would you want to do that to yourself? Because some people like challenge. That's a challenge. Uh. But the thing is, that's what I love about this game, is because you can do that. It doesn't limit you in what you can do. You can make your character level 791 if you want. I don't care. You can cap your level at 791, which is the level cap. (laughs) You can do that, or you can beat the game at soul level 1. doesn't matter. That's what's great about Dark Souls, is the fact that it doesn't... It's all down to you, basically. How you play the game, how you build your character. If you get fucked over by a boss, you find a way to circumvent that boss and kick its ass. I really like that because it it it, do, it it basically means that if somebody hates the game because they suck at it, it's because they suck. It's nothing to do with the game. Exactly. Yeah. I, I see people bitching about the game's artificial difficulty, as it were, and I don't. I think the term artificial difficulty is just bullshit, personally. All difficulty is artificial to begin with. Well, yeah, but I mean, like, it's created. I mean, I mean, it's just when you when you apply it to a game like a video game, like saying, "Oh, this game has artificial difficulty." Well, yeah, you're right. It's already artificial. It's created by the game company because they're the ones who set the damage values. They're the ones who set the enemy spawns. They're the ones who build the levels that these enemies are going to be placed in. They already have this planned out. You just have to find a way to get around it. And the game provides you, the developers provide you with ways to get around it, or you can figure out your own ways to do it that they may have not thought of. Yeah, that, yeah, I can kind of see that. I kind that's why, um, 
I actually, on the one hand, I really hate randomly generate levels, but on the one hand, I love them because you, because really, it takes a certain bit of skill, but you, you, you have the, you have the, you have the chance to either have a really nice easy game or a fucking impossible game. It's like the, mm-hmm. uh, bind, Binding of Isaac. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, you could start out just in an awful situation where you just don't get any drops or anything like that, and just do and just, but you you could still beat the game, mm-hmm. or you can get tons of drops on the first floor and die immediately. I actually was playing it earlier and I had something like that. I was playing uh, Judas, and I got three damage upgrades on the first floor. Three. <laughs> so I was doing beyond max damage, plus I had the Book of Belial. I died in the Caves Part 2. Jeez, yeah. Because I had no health upgrades at all, and I got swarmed. I was yeah. so pissed. Well, it's like, um, I remember, uh, one time I was playing it, and I was playing as Eve, and I think she has the Whore of Babylon. Yeah. Where if she gets less than... If she gets half a half a heart of health left, she turns into that demon. <coughs> Jesus Christ! And I'm the one who's smoking. <laughs> oh man, fuck. You okay? Yeah, I'm back. <coughs> now I was eating something and it went down the wrong tube. Oh, That's I hate that. really funny because just as you started, just as you said that, I got a message on. Tumblr. Did you know if you inhale a pee, it can sprout and grow in your lungs? <laughs> okay, I'm sorry about that. Um, but, uh... <laughs> oh, yeah. I had the Horror of Babylon, so I had, like, half a heart left, and no other hearts left on this floor. I think it was, uh... Yeah, I think it was in the caves, and I... I, I went to the final... I went to the dungeon, the final dungeon, and it was, um... Oh, okay, so G-B-B... Is, is her name Gertie? That big, giant blob of flesh that sprouts those, uh... That just sprays blood everywhere? The little, and the little tumor things and all that shit? Sweet. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's Gertie. Yeah, she's, like, my worst boss. It's, like, she just... She just rapes me every time, and I went in, you know, with half a heart, half a heart you know, whore Babylon, and somehow I managed to beat her. I managed to like get it to where she would uh, spray blood at just the right moments where I could dodge it, and I beat her. Mm-hmm. So, and that way it was, it was more or less luck. And then other times I go in there with just. Tons of health, tons of uh, steel hearts, EO, and, and just get rates. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That'll happen. And then, yeah, it's just Gertie's a bitch. Let's just oh, there's, there's much worse in that game. I'm going to tell you. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm, I'm going to. Uh, if, you if you've unlocked the Four Horsemen, the champion versions of the Four Horsemen are pains in the ass. Oh my god! Yeah, I've never actually gotten that far. I always end up just. I think it's my. I think the first uh, furthest I ever got was to 
mother, and then and I just lost it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the game takes a little bit of getting used to. But once you get it, once you get everything down, and you get a good lucky run, it's it's it can get really stupid really fast. Yeah, well, it's just with me personally. It's just uh, and it's I have a friend who just absolutely refuses to play the game. I mean, he's it's not because he's religious or anything, or you know, he's an atheist, but. It's just the game to him is just so hor. I mean, even though it's so cartoony, just the ideas that are presented in the game are just so horrible and disgusting that he get he he was watching me play it one time and he was getting sick. <laughs> and that sort of happens to me too, where it's like I'll play it, I'll I'll try to marathon it, just play it over and over again, and then I just get sick of it. Just it's just like oh, there's just so much filth and blood and gore and it's just I, I can't I, I need to go play I need to go play TF2 or something something happy <laughs> something happy where blood is funny yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah that uh, did you guys know that that game was banned from the Nintendo store they were trying to uh, they he want the developer wanted to put it on the 3DS and it was banned well, I'm not surprised <laughs> yeah I mean, when you have a game that not only has, you know, a little child running around shooting his tears at aborted fetuses and crazy shit like that, but then he also can make trade, he can sell his soul to the devil and other crazy shit. Well, that was a, well, that was what really surprised the developer, because he kind of suspected that they would, you know, ask him to censor some things, which he was going to say, no, absolutely not. But the, the only thing they complained about was, we do not, put up games that involve actual religions on our store. We we won't do that. You get you can remove the religious aspect of your game and we'll put it up. And he's like that's the whole point of the fucking game. Mm-hmm. And so he just he never submitted it again. Yeah. That's what they had the their problem with the that was religion. Yeah, it was that it was it was uh Dealt a lot with uh, Christianity and Catholicism. And yeah, it has that. a lot of a lot of yeah. items that are based on uh, a lot of biblical things. Yeah, like Eve has a whore of Babylon. You got the Necronomicon and shit like that. You got well, Necronomicon. Yeah, Necronomicon's not really religious. That's um, that's not <laughs> that crazy. Yeah. Yeah. See, which they got. Hmm. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, they got the Bible, which you can use to kill your own mother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Dave, how, uh, how far have you gotten along with uh, all that Lovecraft shit you downloaded? Um, I'm on episode 31 of the podcast, um, The Rats in the Walls, part one. Oh, that's a... Dis- oh, geez. When you get to the end, that... When they talk, well, if you read the story, you listen to that podcast, and you get to the end, and you just find out of the history of that fa- the history of that family is just fucking disgusting. Well, I was wanting to listen to it yesterday, but yesterday was uh, my co-host Brunson's birthday party, and we all got drunk off our asses. Fun. Beautiful. Sounds like fun. Yeah, we played Dungeons and Dragons, the drinking game. That's really the only way you can play Dungeons and Dragons these days. Yeah. Yeah, this is very true. Yeah. Basically, every time you missed, you had to take a shot. 
Every nope. time you've got <laughs> damage over 10, you take a shot. Every time you call someone by their player name, you take three shots. <laughs> There's one game I want to play. It's actually a solid on Tumblr. It's called the Mustache Game. What you do is you take a – you cut out a mustache and you tape it to your TV mm-hmm. in the middle of the TV, and whenever – Somebody's face aligns with the mustache. You take a drink. Oh yeah, <laughs> I see that, that game. Awesome. The game looks like fun. Well, it's like, uh, have you guys seen the Milo Pony drinking game? Oh god. Yes. Yeah. It's yeah. designed to get you as drunk as fast as possible. <laughs> Alcohol poisoning. I think one of the ones it was actually revised because I think one of the uh, things was. Uh, I think it was like every time Pinkie Pie bounced more than twice in a row, you had to drink. (laughs) Fuck that. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So. Ben. I missed most of the Dark Souls talk. Well, Atticus is really the only one that's played. I've purchased it and I have it downloaded, but I haven't actually opened it yet. I'm very intimidated. I don't want to try it. It looks hard. And this this coming from the guy who who eats Nintendo difficulty games for breakfast. Well, yeah, but that's because I played it as a kid, and I, I I'm living off of the the nostalgia of it. I want to tell you right now, um, for those for the two of you who haven't played it, don't look up anything on it if you can. I don't, don't, <laughs> don't look I haven't seen too much. Yeah, don't look at any playthroughs past maybe the first area. Don't look up items. Don't look up anything. Go in blind. It is, it'll be ten times more frustrating, but it's ten times more fun. Because you're discovering all these things for yourself, and you're like, oh shit, what does he do? Oh, he just smashed my ass into the dirt with his sword. I shouldn't fuck with him. Oh, I, hey, who's that guy in the gray armor? Oh, he just crushed me with his giant fucking tooth. Fantastic. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh god, no, these, I imagine no. that one enemy in that tower. Oh shit. Oh the tower knights. <laughs> and the I guess you'd call it the second area. Wherever you go down and there's that Oh shit, that guy wrecked my shit. <laughs> oh. Shit, I already forgot the dude's name, but he did he did the Let's Play video of uh Slenderman. Uh Jehu I think you might know. Uh he was the uh this forest isn't the big enough isn't big enough for the both of both of us asshole. I have, yeah. repeat, Slenderman has been spotted attempting oh, to critical. <laughs> yeah, critical. <laughs> yeah, critical. Uh he he did uh he you know, he does the way uh, for people who don't know, critical, the way he plays games is that he does lots of funny commentary, but eventually he'll just give up. He's actually never – he's only beaten one game. I think it was Super, Super Monkey Ball. Ball. And, Monkey Ball. Yeah, but he's never beaten a game. And he just has the most hilarious, like, <laughs> deadpan, serious way of taking things. Like, watching him play SCP Containment was also hilarious. Yeah, and so far he's the only person who I've seen play Cylinder Man – just completely deadpan. Never. Well, I think one time he uh, he said, "Oh shit, there's Slenderman." 
that was still in like a deadpan voice. It's just he's the only person who I've seen play Slenderman. He, he stands. He stands in. Yeah, he stands in very stark contrast to the screaming, sniveling videos that Pewdie likes to put out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, it's it's a it's a very it's a very stark contrast, but he is hilarious, and he says some ridiculous shit in his videos. Yeah, but he played uh he was pl- he was playing uh for one video he was playing Dark Souls. And I think uh, while he was playing, he got bored and, and decided to prank call a pizza <laughs> while playing Dark, Dark Souls. And I think he was actually um, every time he got like attacked or injured in Dark Souls, he'd start. Cursing out and yelling at the person at Pizza Hut about it, <laughs> <laughs> and they'd hang up, and then he'd call them back, and then he'd call up another pizza place, and then he got bored with the game and ended the video. <laughs> yeah, he he like he he tried to play Slenderman for like eight minutes, and that was it. He just gave up. He's like, this game is fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But that first encounter with Slenderman was just so hilarious because every time people first see Slenderman, they just freak the fuck out. He's like, he's like, yep, Slenderman has been sighted. Attempting to flank. <laughs> Attempting to flank. He just runs right up to Slenderman. He's like, this forest isn't big enough for the both of us, asshole. And he's like, what the fuck? The game just shut down. <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, it was... Uh... When Dark Souls came out, I did a quick little live stream, like two and a half hours of it, and invited some people in to watch. And um, I didn't have my mic on at the time, but oh my god, starting a new sorcerer character. I was oh, saying god. words that I never thought I would use to <laughs> describe some of the enemies that I was fighting. I mean, I'm glad I didn't uh, say anything. I mean, I, I was just kind of letting people get a you know get a view of the game, let them like check it out, you know. Yeah, uh, you know, just to see if they'd be interested in it. But uh... oh man, I mean, when it comes to Dark Souls, I don't get all freaked out and everything like that, you know, because I played through it. I'm not like, oh shit, oh fuck, oh god damn it. I'm not like that. I'm just like, oh, you fucking asshole. <laughs> just come over here, you bitch. That's I, I, I like talk to the enemies. I'm like, come on, come at me, come at me, motherfucker. I, I like, I like dare the or when I do invasions, because um, that's part of the game. I'll, I'll hunt around for people. Like, where are you, little fucker? Come at me. I don't actually get like mad. There is uh, there is one more video that I highly suggest you guys watch. It's by Critical also, um, and it's his gameplay and commentary for the game "Do Not Shit Your Pants." Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I, I I watched that. Do not shit your pants. That is one of the best videos on YouTube ever. <laughs> I just love how, yeah, he finally gets the door open and gets the guy sitting on the toilet, but he forgot to tell him to pull his pants down. (laughs) (laughs) And he just gets so angry. (laughs) (laughs) Another good uh, Let's Play video guy uh, is is, uh, Rossack, King of Sweden, and his uh, Curveball Space Program videos. Actually, Ow. You know, and he acts, he pretends to act like super Swedish and Viking. Oh, I think, like, guy. yeah, he, uh, like, I think one of his, uh, his, like, one of his rockets he called, like, Valhalla Sky Penis Mark One or something. <laughs> and he was doing the same shit I was doing. It was like, oh shit, how are these guys going to get back, get back <laughs> to Earth? <laughs> oh well. 
uh, or one video he did, he did a rocket, and it basically he he got it to the moon, and he forgot to put like landing struts on the capsule, or uh, or guiding rockets, so it just slammed right into the moon and just killed everybody on board. <laughs> Yeah, um, speaking of Let's Players, one I like to watch if you've heard of him is Noah the Mine. Um, I've he heard of has, him. He has a few Kerbal Space Program videos, and one of them, I think it's uh, how many is he up to? I think it's either 16 or later. He um, he manages to get to the moon, except the game glitched out and his ship went through the moon. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, his, his, his capsule went inside the moon and... He couldn't get back out. Like the thing, it didn't crash. The Kerbals lived. It didn't explode. It was just inside the moon. <laughs> so are they still in there? I don't know. He hasn't made. I mean, he's been experimenting with space planes in his recent episode, so he hasn't tried doing any more moon landings. So we haven't been able to see his map yet to see if they're still inside there. Um, he also does. Uh, Northern Lion also has. Um, a Dark Souls Let's Play that he did, so I mean, if nobody wants to play the game and want to watch him do it, I mean, he's really good at I mean, he's not the best at the game, he doesn't do everything that you can possibly do in it, because that would take fucking forever, but he does, I mean, he does a pretty good playthrough of the game, if anybody would be interested in seeing it. Yeah, yeah, I'm on his uh, YouTube page mm-hmm, right YouTube. now. That, he's got a very, he's got a very soothing voice, I, I enjoy listening to him. Especially when he starts ranting. Have any of you guys started watching uh, uh, the Game Grumps with uh, Eagle Raptor and that other other dude? Yeah, I've been um, watching that. The game yeah, Grumps. yeah, the Game Grumps. The, the only part Grumps. I really like about it is the intro. <laughs> I'm a grump. I'm not so grump. This is I don't know. That's the only part I really like. My I, the, my. My favorite thing that Ego Raptor's ever done, and it still remains, uh, Pokemon. No, no, the um, the uh, Sequelitis series. Yeah, Sequelitis is really good. Sequelitis is by far my favorite thing he's ever done, and I'm disappointed that he hasn't continued it because I thought it was a really good series. Yeah, honestly, his Mega Man uh, one was really damn good. That was good. My favorite one of all time was the uh, Halo Reach video. <laughs> oh, yeah. Actually, you know, of the awesome series, my favorite's got to be Trauma Center. Yeah. Because uh, <laughs> Sigmas over here used to play Trauma Center a lot. Uh, and I'd, I wouldn't ever join in, but I'd always watch and yell at the screen because it was so much fun. <laughs> I can't believe I was sweet being a doctor. Cause, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, Sigmus, I wanted to ask you, how does it feel like to be a pedophile in that, in, uh, what's it been, what's the one game you told me about? Don't take it personally, it just ain't your story. Yeah. She's How in you... high school, it's not a pedophile if, you're, if she's that old. <laughs> the game is set in Canada, not Japan. Yeah, the game. The game is the game oh, takes really? place yeah. in, oh, in Ontario. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's why. That's why it's subtly written. If you go with her, it's written. It's not like overt, but it's very subtle. It's written in such a way that kind of makes you feel ashamed for going with the girl. because <laughs> oh. it it takes place in Canada, not Japan. Wait, 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 where, what right. game is this? 
Uh, the oh. game is Don't Take It Personally, Babe, It Just Ain't Your Story. It's a visual novel. Um, <laughs> the Yeah, the lady also did uh, Digital Love Story and Analog of Hate Story. Uh, Analog and, of Hate uh, Story is on Steam. And Sketchbook. Yeah. Really interesting uh, visual novels regarding, like, gender identity and love and all all that happy stuff. It it tackles romance in a more gritty way, but not, like, really, like, a dark-cutting-myself kind of thing. It's oh, just, yeah. it's it's handled with less of the fluff and a little bit more realism. Um, but more than anything, it's, uh, don't take it personally, baby, just ain't your story, is just fucking hilarious. Yeah. It's a hilarious game. Yeah. Speaking of, uh, pedophilia, one of the things I've already seen, uh, since Dark Souls was released on PC, is people wanting to put lava mods in it. People wanting to put what? Oh. Oh, jeez. Yeah. They want to turn it into, like, Skyrim or Oblivion with all the lolly stuff. Oh, jeez. I remember, uh... I think it was either The Sims 2 or The Sims 3. There was a mod that came out that, uh... Allowed you to have your character stay as a child throughout their entire life. <laughs> so you you could... If you were inclined to that, you could live out your... Your fantasies that way, if you wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> All kinds of things <laughs> people do, man. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. That's one of the reasons I love PC gaming is because of the mod community. But I mean, sometimes, sometimes it goes too far. And I'll even admit it. Like with some of the My Little Pony mods I've seen for games, they're kind of horrifying. <laughs> like the ones for Skyrim. Oh my god! Why would you do that? I kind of <laughs> like the one where you replace all the dragons with Fluttershy. I think that's yeah. kind of cool. Yeah, that was kind of cute. And they... Like, turning the horses into giant ponies, that's it's, it's just weird looking. I think I have a screenshot, because I actually did that mod, and it's just... It, it's the intro to Skyrim, and you're being pulled in the cart to your imminent death, and you're just being pulled by a giant rainbow dash. <laughs> and it's like, wow, this is kind of inappropriate, but funny... Did you guys see that uh, Nerdist video called Cops Skyrim? No. No. Oh God. Uh, yeah, Nerdist did a did a, a joke video about um, involving a guard from in Skyrim, and it's styled like cops. Oh jeez. And it's really funny. Nice. Oh man. Yeah, the only game I think I've played that has pony mods in it that actually don't make the game weird is World of Tanks. Oh, and it's just like it's like just painty, just uh, graffiti on the tanks. Just well, yeah, mostly because just what's what the majority of it is just skinning the tanks as different, like the color, the color of the pony, maybe some vector images and stuff painted on the tank, and then. Although recently, um, there's been this little mod group who's been um, creating custom skin, like or custom models for the tanks that have, um, like, they have ponies sticking out of their commander's copulas and things like that. Oh, okay, so right that's now, cool. right now, I've got a, uh, I've got a tank in my inventory that has derpy sticking out of the back of the turret. 
And then whenever the tank blows up, she's uh, her position switches to the back of the tank, roasting a, a, a muffin over the fire. Oh, that's really fun. cool. Yeah, I remember there was a mod, a localized mod you could do for Team Fortress 2. And what the fuck, Sigmund? Are you practicing carpentry? <laughs> no, I think someone's no. downstairs in our, our apartment, like, breaking Maybe I should dishes. move somewhere else. <laughs> um, but uh, there was a localized mod you could get where uh, the engineer would get, like, a like a pouch that mm-hmm. he would wear on his belt off to the side. And there was a little tiny uh, Applejack that would poke <laughs> her head out and look around and then uh, tuck back away into the pouch <laughs> at random times. And that was a really cute mod. Yeah, I would love to see this mod for the tanks game, like the ponies actually move around, but that would take quite a bit of uh, remodeling of the vehicles. Yeah. And it probably wouldn't even work in the current engine of the game itself. So, I mean... So, I guess uh, another question that just came up, uh, I just thought of. Uh, oh yeah, by the way, I posted a link to one of my Skyrim screenshots. Yeah, I just saw that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, Source Movie Maker. Oh. Uh, shit. It's come out, and I know Impulsion and I were talking about how awesome it's everything's going to be just what's going to happen and it's already happened have you um, yeah. have you seen this one animation called practical problems yes oh, yes yeah i yes. that easily became one of my favorite uh, source filmmakers uh, yeah so far someone that, that in the twilight sparkle making out with twilight sparkle <laughs> in <like> 20 seconds <laughs> didn't you do another one of those like rainbow dash or someone maybe I swear to God, I saw another one. I saw the only reason I saw those is because they were linked on MLP, and then the second another one came out, it was already up on the front page. Yeah, uh, there's a there's another video I showed these guys yesterday with uh, Princess Celestia, and it's just somehow it, it, it captures the complete re- stupidity of Gmod, but does it in in. Um, and Source Movie Maker, so it's super smooth and everything, but still just as retarded. <laughs> See, I'm going to try to find it really quick. <laughs> See, I think that's one of the interesting things, though, is like you have these people in the uh, Gmod community who are really, really, really good at making Gmod uh, films. Like, I've seen some Gmod films that are really smoothly, um, I guess you could say, animated even though they're not technically really animated since they're all just a series of screenshots. Yeah. But then, then you also have these people coming out who are really, really goddamn talented with Source Filmmaker. So it's like... And then a lot of these people who are doing Gmod films are starting to experiment with, you know, Source Filmmaker, see what they can do. I just wonder where, you know, things like that are going to go. Well, I mean, in the later... Like, who's that uh, Kitty0708 or whatever his name is? 0706, yeah. Yeah. He's by far, I think, the best uh, Gmod movie maker. Just because... Oh, yeah. And I, I can't wait to see what he's going to do in Source. but it Or Source movie maker. But on the other hand, I do really kind of love just how... Gmod had, had, uh, has a style to it. It does. That is really 
horrifying yet endearing. I actually saw that Rubber Fruit. Um, you guys know who Rubber Fruit is, of course, right? Uh, I think so. He's he became known in the GMod community for being one of the first people to really use a lot of those ridiculous, silly looking faces in the TF2 models. Oh yeah, um, yeah. He created. Uh, he he's known for penis cupcake. He yeah oh yeah. I saw a penis cupcake yeah he's cupcake. known he's known for yeah. him and yeah he's he, I saw some stuff he's starting to do with Source Filmmaker which yeah, interests and, me because he's actually found a way to get his silly ass faces in the Source Filmmaker <laughs> it's not that hard it's not it's just that it just ta- it's just it, a different it's, uh, it's, it works differently yeah it's translating those weird animation like facial structures from you know screenshots and GMod to you know, motion video in Source Filmmaker, which is going to probably make them ten times more horrifying than they already are. <laughs> oh, yeah, because you, you have all the nice, smooth animation now. Yeah. Does make them look more lifelike? I, I don't know. If, I think I showed you this video yesterday, Mdefmic, of um, somebody taking the audio from the beginning of, of Bioshock and, and put it to source. source. Yeah. yeah. And. That one I think is has some of the best lip matching that I've seen. That one and that that Star Maker video about waffles. Have you ever seen that one? I think so. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's. I think that's the best part of a source movie maker is it makes the lip syncing much much easier to do. Yeah, I've seen some really great lip syncing stuff. Uh, there's that one scene from Rambo. I've seen done with the sniper and the scout and all that. That was really well done. Actually, I think my favorite one so far is um, a scene. You guys remember that movie Emperor's New Groove? Yeah. Yeah, it's a scene from that movie where uh, I forget the name of the that one evil woman in the movie, but she's planning on how to kill the emperor, and it's done with the medic, and it's so like I don't even know. It, it looks like a professional animator did it. It's just so smooth and so well done. I mean, it's short, but it's just all the movements of a medic, all the things going on, you know, in the background and things like that. Just look, they look really fantastically done. I'm just really surprised. I can probably totally. find it real quick. I'm trying to think of source. Source filmmaker has only been out for about a month and a half, and we've already got all the shits just out already it's like I can't wait to I can't wait once it matures just to see what what's gonna happen Mm -hmm. hold on a second I need to find this video if you haven't seen it it's it's really well done definitely check it out what the hell is it is it controller here yeah, well. Can I use it? <laughs> yeah, that's my roommate over there. Thank you. He said he was going somewhere, but. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I started playing Fallout 3 again. <laughs> and I'm playing it uh, vanilla just because trying to get trying to get to work with uh, Windows 7 is a pain in the ass, but I managed to do that, so I don't want to risk. Uh, Use any mods yet mm-hmm. with it, but uh, 
Hey, do you guys have any fun adventures or hilarious events that happened in Fallout 3 or Fallout New Vegas? I had a family of death claws fly into the air. <laughs> you know that nice. island in New Vegas, uh, all the way in like the southwest corner, or, yeah, no, southeast corner of the map, near where the uh, Legion camp is? Yeah. There's like, an area down there. I forget what it's called, but it's a, it's a cave down there where there's a bunch of death claws and enclave soldiers and shit. And I went down there and <laughs> they started coming at me because I, you know, I'd never been down there before in my playthrough. I just, I saw it. I'm like, oh, I might as well go explore this. And then I get there and all of a sudden, like, 50 fucking death claws. And I'm like, okay, what the fuck? And some of them are coming at me and they're flying into the air. Like, straight launching straight up into the air and not coming back down. And I'm like, what? What is going on here? And then when I, I went into the cave, and all of a sudden, all of them appeared behind me. Oh, that's... <laughs> that's... that's so when just... I, I opened the console as fast as possible, put God Mode on, and just fucking estered the shit out of them. I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, I'm not dealing with this. Yeah, I think I, that's I... where the legendary... Uh... Death Claw is at. I think it was, yeah. I remember it was a long time ago when I, my first playthrough of uh, Fallout 3. Um, I was actually, I was heading over to the robot factory. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, remember I was just running along, not really uh, caring about some of my surroundings. I just want to get to the robot factory. And I was jumping off over this small ridge, and I wasn't paying attention to my pit boy at all or my radar, and I jumped right on top of a giant rad scorpion. <laughs> and if you don't know me, I have a I have an incredible fear or arachnophobia, <laughs> and which includes scorpions, just because they have. It's mostly because of the, those eyes, the way they move, and their eyes. There's those dead eyes. And I landed on top of him. He he gets it gets all aggro, and I proceed to just completely lose my shit. And I <laughs> I'm just running back to Megaton. And I had the um, animal friend perk, mm-hmm. and I had it uh, up to level two, which meant you know that uh, not only will they well not only will most animals not attack you, they'll come to your aid. And I was ran past a pack of. Uh, giant mole rats and they all it was about five of them and they all went to my aid and they all got slaughtered by the giant rat scorpion and yeah and eventually i got to megaton and the uh trader was there as, along with the sheriff and with them i was able to kill the rat scorpion they killed he killed the trader but i never used that guy anyways so. was it um was it an albino rat scorpion or a normal one I think it was the normal one. That was actually a pretty low level. Okay. I think so it was I like... When they, I remember when they added the albino at Rad Scorpions into one of the DLCs, and I found one. I'm like, okay, this should be... Oh, God, it won't die. Oh, jeez. <laughs> it's like as strong as a death... If not stronger than a death claw. Yeah. Yeah, and, and then you have me where it's just like... I could probably easily take him out. I could take a... I could, if I just paid attention, take him out, but I'm freaking out so much that I just think about running away. Mm-hmm. And so I can never really kill them. Oh, so I found that hammer video right there. Oh, nice.
Oh, yeah, this video. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought this was fantastically done. Jeez. It's just... <laughs> Nice. Uh, I actually had kind of a funny little story that that's already happened to me uh, in this new in my news run of a uh, follow three after having the game crash three times while I was, I was still in the vault trying to set up my character and then finally uh, fixing the I and I file and I finally get out of the uh, out of the vault. Uh, right now I'm doing I'm helping uh, out with the wasteland survivor survival guide so i'm on my way up to minefield and i decided i was going to go ahead and because he had that one bridge near the vaults where the, the where the raider camp is yeah and and i decided to go check up out there just to sort of uh, you know level up and also try to get some loot and so i'm finding my way up the bridge and the, the way i'm doing it i kind of just to have a little bit of fun, I, I shoot the cars and the trucks <laughs> instead of actually the Raiders. So that way they uh, set off the nuclear engine and, and create a massive explosion. And I didn't notice it right away, but in the, dis- in the distance on the bridge, there was um, you know some Raiders. So I'm shooting at the truck. They're all nearby. And I see one of them has a Gatling laser gun. <laughs> And I'm like, oh my god, I have to have that. But the truck is already on fire. It blows up. The dude with the galley laser gun goes flying like miles away with the galley laser gun. <laughs> I'm just, I was just so pissed off because I. The only other time I've ever seen uh, one have that was the. Uh, oh shit! What the hell? The Brotherhood of Steel guys, the bad ones. Oh yeah. Uh... Uh, outcasts. The outcasts. They were the only other ones I've seen with those, and I didn't see them until much later in the game. Uh, do you have the Broken Steel DLC for it? Actually, no. I no. It was weird. I thought I had all the DLC for the game, but it turns out I don't. I I thought I purchased all the DLC uh, on one of the Steam sales. Hmm. But I end up only getting all the DLC for New Vegas, so I don't have any DLC for... Fallout. I was going to say, because if you have the DLC Broken Steel, it adds in um, the Super Mutant Overlords, and they can spawn with Gatling lasers. Oh, they're, hard yeah. as hell to, they're hard as hell to kill, but it's worth it, because um, there's one particular Gatling laser in the game, the Deathclaw Cave, the Vengeance. Yeah, if you get that, if you get that bitch with um, energy weapons and full repair, one hundred percent repair, and you just keep farming uh, Gatling lasers, that's the only gun you need for the whole game. Yeah, because you yeah. can find ammo for it everywhere. Nice, nice. That's what I, I mean. The way I play Fallout Three now is because I have Operation Anchorage. I immediately go to that, get the bug T fifty one B armor because it's unbreakable. And then I immediately go get Vengeance, pump all my points into uh, repair and energy weapons, and I'm good. Actually, let me see how much the DLC... 
Okay, follow through right now is ten bucks on Steam. That's the regular price. Yeah, I ended and... up nabbing the uh, game of the year edition when it was on sale. Yeah, yeah, I, I think I think I might end up. Even though I already own Fallout 3, I may get the Game of the Year edition because actually it's cheaper to get the Game of the Year edition than buy all the DLC individually. So I think I might just do that just because I'm really getting back into Fallout 3 and I really want to play the DLC. Yeah, Operation Anchorage breaks the game so bad, though. (laughs) They never fixed... Bethesda never fixed the bug with the T-51B armor that you get. So it has a damage... uh, It has a damage threshold or a... um, durability of like over 9 million or something like that oh nice something stupid. so even though you can't, it does take damage it would take forever to break it oh I'm all I'm all for that yeah it's it, not it's, it's not cheating if it's in the game already and the funniest part is is that uh, even though it's power armor you don't need power armor training to use it so you can use it. You can use it when you start the game. Basically, you just have to beat the Operation Anchorage thing, and then you can use it. I had a level. I think my character was level eight when I finished Operation Anchorage, and I was running around in power armor and shit. Yeah, I think uh, actually the shortest Fallout Three game I ever had. And of course, I just respawned from a save, but the shortest Fallout Three game I ever had was uh, I walk out of the vaults and immediately run into a patrol of outcasts who just have a Gatling machine gun and they just open up on me and I just die right away <laughs> let's see I think I got unlucky with my playthroughs I had uh, <laughs> I left the vault was walking to Megaton and a Deathclaw comes out of nowhere I didn't even know they could, I didn't even know they could spawn out that far nice and he just wrecked my shit I have one friend. He actually mentioned it a long time ago on this podcast. I have a friend, Josh, who uh, uh, plays Fall New Vegas on the uh, 360. And about he was throughout his uh, one run of the game, throughout the entire game, none of the Rad Scorpions uh, clipped to the ground properly. So... They all look like sharks. Whereas just basically all you saw was their tail just moving just right above the ground. So it just literally looked like he was hunting sharks. Okay, and it, that yeah, it made it really easy to to kill him because they couldn't directly attack him. I think another weird bug I've had with that game was um I just gotten done with the point lookout DLC and I was just coming back yeah. to the Capital Wasteland. And all of a sudden, no guns were doing damage. My guns weren't doing damage, and the enemy's guns weren't doing damage. And I'm like, okay, what the fuck? Like, it, it, it was, they were making contact. Like, you could see the um, blood splatters and all that stuff. Like, so you could tell, you know, the hit scan and all that was working. It's just that it wasn't registering any damage. So then I, I enter into a metro station. I come back up. All of a sudden, all the enemy's guns work. Mine still don't. And then when I'm getting my shit handed, you know, getting my shit wrecked, I fall through a floor. Mm. Out of nowhere, just fall straight through the ground and die. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what? Uh, I, I blame that all on the Game Brio engine. Yeah. Which is weird because I've played 
uh, games from other developers that use the Game Brio engine, and they weren't nearly as broken as Bethesda games using the same engine. But yeah, I don't think they they, they pushed Bethesda. Yeah. Well, it's like uh, Civilization Four was uh, is is on the Game Brio engine, and it's I'd say it's way more intensive than uh, Fallout 3 or Fallout New Vegas. But that's just because it's Civilization 4. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's because, you know, the guys who made Civ 4 care a little more about the game, so they probably modified the engine. Quite a bit, yeah. I mean, it's like when people use the Unreal Engine or something like that, they modify it to fit their needs and They'll usually they'll probably usually end up going through and trying to tweak it so it doesn't run like ass, kind of like you know Bethesda doesn't do. Yeah. Oh, that this that reminds me um, of uh, I don't know if any of you guys ever go to the site Gamasutra. It's more of a it's a more uh, a gaming site more tuned to actual game developments. Yeah, I've been there. Yeah, and they, they often have articles where they talk about uh, development nightmares. Like, just, like, cheap, really cheap, dirty tricks that developers have used just to get the game their, the games they're developing out. Mm-hmm. And there was uh, one developer, and of course they're all anonymous. Um, he was talking about how they, they had to get this game out. It was a, I think it was an art, it was a, it was a dungeon crawling RPG, and they had this one problem where it was on a uh, level ten, and it was in a certain room, or it was in a certain uh, it was a certain object number. I think it was like object number fifty, where it would uh, if the if the user tried to pick it up or or do anything with it, uh, it would cause the game to crash. So instead of actually trying to fix the bug, they just made it so that Object 50 was never used. <laughs> so they put the game out, and eventually they sell they sell the game engine, they license the game engine out to other developers, and then they get uh, a support ticket from another developer talking about how uh, they can't use Object 50 on this on this level 10, and because of it, it completely crashes their game. So, it just it just uh, and how and then they actually had to go back and actually try to fix the bug. But it's just it's just interesting, just kind of the all the dirty shit they have to pull just to get a game out. Mm-hmm. So. Sigmas. Yes? You're really quiet. I know, I'm sorry. He's not sorry at all. Well, you're talking about these games I've never played, Fallout and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's right. You're... you're, Yeah, you're all about the the personas. (laughs) And the... And the and the disguise and uh not disguise. I'm actually not so much of an RPG person as uh, some people, but yeah, I, I like them. Okay, okay, Blas Blue. <laughs> yes, that's an RPG. <laughs> <laughs> it look, might as well be <laughs> with the story mode. Yeah. 
it's yeah, got the story. Been, I've been been sitting here in our apartment, letting him rape me on Persona Four Arena <laughs> every day. You'll get better. Maybe. Uh, maybe one day. So yeah, I guess yeah, our, I... our apartment's been all about Persona Four ever since, or well, Persona the series ever since uh, Four Arena got announced. Well, much, yeah. it's it's no wonder your apartment's full of Asian people. <laughs> you say that, but actually, no. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> no. Um, There's some Koreans in there too. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because Sigmus is Korean. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's we're we're not even. Well, I guess Derek counts as Asian. He isn't really that Asian, though. He's Asian? All of us? Derek? Yeah, we're all half, except oh. for... Is Howard full? I, I think all of us are half Asian. So uh, you're all mudbloods. Yeah, all of us are yeah. mudbloods. Yeah, we are. And none of us... It's it's funny because the, the... The most Asian person in our apartment is actually completely, totally white. Yeah, yeah. Like, he watches fuckloads of anime, and all he plays are Eastern RPGs. That's all he plays, pretty much. Really? But he's, he's super white. <laughs> so, he's, so he's like my dad. My dad's like the oldest weeaboo I, I know. Except, he's not really weeaboo, he's more like the Korean version of weeaboo. So. I don't know if there's a word for that. Yeah, well, no, basically he's just like, uh, he joined the military... Went to Vietnam for a couple of years and then spent like 10 years in Korea and just fell in love with the culture, everything about Korea. And he hasn't been the same since, apparently. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you should be sorry because I got to experience the horrors of kimchi when I was five. Oh, God. Uh, I am. My dad would push that on me all the time when I was a kid. Yeah. The worst yeah. thing ever is to have, have your dad making kimchi in the refrigerator and then you go in the morning to grab a carton of milk to have uh, your cereal, and the milk smells like kimchi. Uh, That's disgusting. Yeah, yeah it, it was awful. <laughs> uh, we we actually have a really – our household is kind of interesting. We have a very wide range of different games everybody plays. Like um, well, my the person I share a room with is – Primarily like a Skyrim, Fallout, Bioshock kind of player, mm-hmm. um, and then you know, one of our roommates is only—he pretty much only plays tactic, uh, Japanese tactic RPGs and classic JRPGs. And then me and Sigmus just sort of play a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah, I'm kind of like fighting games, platform games, and puzzle games are pretty fun. And I'm mostly into Western RPGs and JRPGs. But I also play, like, rhythm games a little bit. Rhythm games are good, too. Yeah, Sigmus plays a fuckload of rhythm games. <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> Guitar Man. <laughs> Parappa the Rap. Hey, Sigmus, I, 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 just, I just remembered. That's kind of weird, Sigmus, that you're not into, into the sky, yeah? Uh, I tried playing it. Tactics, I'm... I, Guess I'm not a really smart person or something. <laughs> uh, strategy isn't really for me. Oh, I thought it was all because all the little girls are actually f- like 1,400 years old. Oh, uh, sure. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I guess I, I guess the devil it. girl's kind of cute. <laughs> yeah, but she's like fifteen hundred years old. Yeah, so play oh. turn off. <laughs> as long as she looks like that. <laughs> uh, this is coming from the guy who, the moment he could date the high school girl and don't take it personally, immediately was like, "Yes." <laughs> they give me the option. Of course, I'm going to do it. Uh, oh, you've got to be kidding me, Fortune! Oh, what what are they doing now? <laughs> oh, since Dark Souls released, there's been thread after thread on V about it, and I just came across this guy. He's in a part of the game called Sen's Fortress, and there's a boulder trap in it, and it's his first time playing the game, so obviously he's got to be a scrub. And now he's bitching about how he doesn't know, he didn't know about the boulder trap and yada, yada, yada. Oh my god, artificial difficulty, herp, therp. <laughs> it's like, I, learn, learn the pattern of the boulder. It's not hard. I kind of treat the boards of 4chan the same way I treat the uh, atheism subreddit. I, I don't pay attention to anything they really talk about. <laughs> yeah. I used to be a a Mew head. I used to frequent Mew quite a bit, but um, that board has just turned so agonizingly hipster while maintaining that nobody there is a hipster. That's just like, I don't want to be here anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I used to go D a lot just because D D was always fun. That's (laughs) always a fun board to be. Oh, God. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> you, you play the you play the the wide boner game. Does this arouse me, and why does it? Yeah, it's sort of the same as uh, clicking on the explicit tag on Derpy Burrow. Yeah, and every time you can't explain why you're aroused by something, you take a shot. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I would be so drunk if I did that. <laughs> it's five minutes in, you're on the floor. <laughs> yeah, passed out. Yeah. <laughs> Oh. Right. Okay. I just remembered about this. Apparently, um, apparently, uh, it is going to be releasing some sort of HD version of Doom Three. Really? Oh, yeah, it's VHM. They're going to be updating. They're going to be updating the textures. They're also going to be adding. Um, apparently, they're going to actually add in having the duct tape mod as part of the game's standard. Nice. Um, wow. They're going to be redoing the lighting system and all that. They're going to be basically updating the game. I think they're, I think they're going to probably end up trying to use it as like a tech demo for Id Tech Five or whatever. Kind of like reboot the game with the with the new engine. Hmm. Oh, the way they did uh, Counter Strike Source. Yeah. Yeah. I actually remember when Doom Three first came out. Uh, There's a thread on. Uh, some on one of those one of those hardcore uh, hardcore PC building forums. I think it was probably hard OCP, uh, where a guy managed to get Doom Three running on a Voodoo Two graphics card, and yeah, yeah and the Voodoo Two came out in like 1998. 
it's an incredibly old engine. But I just thought it was so funny because he, he, he did it, got it to work, and it actually made the game a hell of a lot easier to play because the, the Voodoo 2 can't, couldn't render the darkness properly, so everything was super bright so he could see everything. <laughs> I just thought that was funny. That was a long time ago, actually. That was like in two. Th- Doom three came out in two thousand four, right, or two thousand six? No, it'd be two thousand four. Yeah, so yeah, Voodoo two was pretty outdated by then. Uh so. Hmm. Yeah, I'm just interested in seeing. Like, I've seen some stuff about him. Yeah, I wouldn't, seeing, I wouldn't mind seeing Doom Three with updated, uh, updated visuals. I mean, when it came out, it was like, "Holy shit, this thing rapes computers!" Yeah, yeah, that's true. I, I, I don't know if like Doom Three would still have the same impact just because of Dead Space. Yeah, well, no, I mean, after your first playthrough of Doom Three, it's not, you know, what's going to happen, but. It's still, I mean, to me, it's still a fun game. Yeah. Well, it's just Dead Space really brought out the the the, the horror aspect of, like, a space horror, where, you know, you, where there's babies that explode and <laughs> monsters that, and, and just the way they made, if you fucked up, they made uh-huh. Isaac... Yeah, they made Isaac die in the most horrific ways possible. That not it just only that, stuck... uh, you actually had to aim where you're shooting because the only way to kill Necromorph is to dismember it. Yeah. I actually really liked the death animations in that game. Yeah, the death I know animation. one of my favorite ones was actually a kind of a hidden one. Um, if anybody's played it, uh, when you get to the about midway point through the game, and that other ship crashes into the Ishimura. Yeah. Uh, do you know the really fast twitchy guys? Yeah. Yeah. Right. If you have like next to no health left and you get killed by one of them, there's a special death animation that happens rarely. But what it does, uh, what it is, is like um, he cuts off one of Isaac's arms while the arm holding the uh, plasma cutter, and then Isaac's like, "Oh shit, my arm's been cut off!" Like he's looking at it like all confused and shit. And then the thing does a really fast slice, like you can't even really see that it does it. And all of a sudden, Isaac starts like moving forward a little bit, and his upper half just falls off. Oh. And his legs keep walking for a little bit before falling over, and then the camera zooms in on the necromorph's face, and it's like looking right at the camera, and then runs off. Uh, you're talking <laughs> about Dead Space? Yeah, yeah Dead Space. Yeah. Oh, I've been wanting to play it ever since uh, my introduction to like Dead Space, the entire series, uh, was a video of the guy getting a needle in his eye, and it was a failed attempt, so it like oh. killed him. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah that... I wanted to play the rest of the game because that was just so awesome. <laughs> yeah. Dead Space 1 and 2 are really good. I'm not sure about Dead Space 3, though. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, looks like Dead, Space, Dead Space did give us one of the most entertaining video game movies, though. Yeah, it really did. Oh, yeah. Dead that Space would... Downfall. Mm-hmm. Um, the studio that did that it would eventually go on to make one of the worst video game movies of all time, which was Dante's Inferno, the animated movie. <laughs> um, but Dead Space Downfall was actually a lot of fun. It really yeah. was. The The only thing of note I remembered from Dante's Inferno period was that Cleopatra lactated demon babies. 
Well, you're forgetting the most important part. Mark Hamill as Dante's father. Oh, yes, Mark Hamill. You know how much you love Mark Hamill. Well, everyone loves Mark Hamill. Yeah. Um, but real quick question. Um, did you guys hear about uh, Fallout 4 possibly being placed in, uh, was it the Boston area? I think so. Really? Yeah. Because uh, they meant they mentioned the Commonwealth in Fallout Three. Whenever your uh... shit, I can't remember the name of the city. Was it Rivet City? Was it? I don't remember. Because um, it's the Android Quest, and the guy yeah. mentions he's from the Commonwealth. Yeah. But so far, yeah. it's just a rumor. Because. Uh, Supposedly, an um, MIT student posted on Reddit saying that uh, Bethesda was in Boston uh, checking out the sites so they could uh, recreate uh, them for Fallout 4. Well, and that's all really just speculation. He, all he's really saying is that Bethesda, some people were in, from Bethesda were in Boston. For all we know... Who's the game, who's the game developer? Irrational, I think it is. Is, it, is aren't they out of Boston? Not sure. Uh, I'm not sure. Speaking of Bethesda, did you see that they picked up the rights to publish Stalker Two? Yeah. Really? Yep. yep. I saw that. They don't also, have Irrational, Gra- Irrational Games is based in Massachusetts. Yeah, they are actually based in Boston. Who knows? It could be they're 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 doing a possible Fallout Four in Boston, or they could be buying the Rational Games from PC <laughs> Games. Who knows? It could. My rumor is just as legitimate as. <laughs> yeah, I just saw that Bethesda got rights to Stalker too, the publishing rights, and I'm like, okay, okay. That's that's really interesting. So that they don't they have that. they don't have development rights, which means they can't fuck with the development of the game. Which is good because the last thing I want to see is Stalker Two turn into Fallout Three with Stalker Paint. Yeah, yeah. Um, but did you guys see that Prey Two is no longer on Bethesda's site? Yeah, that kind of irritates me. That really irritates me because when I saw it's that fucking trailer fun. a couple years ago, I was like, "Holy fuck, this looks like it's going to be awesome!" Now all of a sudden, it looks like it's never going to be released. Oh, okay, that's why Stalker 2 is going to Bethesda, because Stalker 1 was published by THQ, and THQ has been hemorrhaging money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ever it's since really... their failure with um, the Red Faction game and Saints Row. Yeah, which really makes me nervous about uh, the Warhammer 40k series, <coughs> and any... Any uh, are are they doing Darkstalkers or is EA doing Darkstalkers? I don't remember. Mm. EA is going down the shit. Yeah, that's true. Looking to sell off their company. Well, I particularly don't mind if EA just died in the fire. <laughs> as long yeah, as somebody, as long, I mean, if they went under or if they sold off, I, I'd really hope that some of their IPs got sold out to good companies. Yeah. yeah. Like, I would hate to see the Dead Space franchise or 
even though the Battlefield franchise is going downhill, if that get picked up by something like Activision, that would just be awful. That would be nice. <laughs> I well, I don't, Activision, I, I, I don't know. I wouldn't. I couldn't see Activision. But if like, if like maybe like Two K got a hold of Dead Space, that wouldn't be that bad. Yeah. Because Two K has few uh, has released a few games in the last few years that I've absolutely loved. Bioshock being one of them. They published that one. I wouldn't mind if the, like uh, if Sim City's gonna is uh, a real Sim City sequel's coming out here pretty soon in 2013. I wouldn't mind seeing that go to like uh, go to, like 2K and possibly put under the care of the Civilization guys. Yeah, 2K is not a. I never see much about 2K. I guess because they're not an evil company. <laughs> or at least they're not. They're not outwardly evil. Yeah. Yeah. It, Activision's just evil. Blizzard's just stupid. EA's evil, and Valve is evil in every way that we like. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I can't hate them. I, I can't. Yeah, it's like okay, they have DRM, but it's it works. <laughs> yeah, they have you know you, you can't take your games off of Steam, but you will always have a copy of them, even if Valve goes under. Yep. You know, so <clears throat> Gabe is Gabe is in, incredibly obese, but he's still charming. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Gaben. Oh, Gaben. You <laughs> look so much older with that beard. Yeah. I, mean, he's like, I know he's almost... How old is he? Almost 50, I think? I think he's older than that. He 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 was one of the people who founded Microsoft. Gabe Newell, born in... Now he's 50... Or he's 49. Oh, wow. He... I thought he was much older. Yeah, I know. He looks a lot older than he is. <laughs> uh, so what do you think about... Actually, that brings up a good, a nice little topic. What do you think about his... Uh, Valve taking a huge interest in Linux alongside the comments he made about Windows 8? It could what probably be more Valve support towards Linux and less <laughs> towards the Windows market. Uh, the comment in question is nobody really likes Windows 8 right now because it's looking a lot like it's just a knockoff of what's going to essentially be their mobile platform. Nobody likes the way it's set up right now, and everyone is pretty in love with 7. And um, Valve has basically stated that they don't really like Windows 8 very much either, and they've been working towards integrating Linux a lot more. They've been pushing for that. Yeah. Um, plus, they now have... Uh, Mac integration with uh, with iTunes, yeah, which has which has brought them in in a actually you know a rather large audience, yeah, uh, which was Thanks a very man. smart move on their part was, was yeah. doing that. <clears throat> and I wanted to ask because there's been rampant speculation on that uh, if Steam is to come to Linux that. It could go three ways where it could be, you know, standalone program that you would just download from your distro's repository and install and use just like Steam on Windows. I think another rumor I heard was that 
it was going to be integrated into Ubuntu. Mm-hmm. And then the third one, which sounds like the most wildest one, but would actually be the most awesome one and actually would make sense because they made another announcement where they were going to start selling uh, just regular applications on Steam. You know, like word processors and... Uh, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, and this kind of... And that kind of sparked up the rumor of Steam, of, uh, Steam becoming an actual full-blown Linux distro, a full-blown operating system that you can install. Yeah, and that would actually be really interesting because that, to be honest, I mean, I like Windows, but really the only reason I use it is because of Steam. If I wasn't a gamer, I'd probably be using Linux, at least Ubuntu, or I'd own a Mac. <laughs> it's... Yeah, I'm. I'm actually. Things are looking up for <clears throat> for Max for me. I mean, I've always been a PC guy simply because that was what family they had, and that's what I'm used to. But I'm not as much a PC gamer as I am a console gamer. So if you know that side of things had to go away, I wouldn't be all that unhappy about it. Um, yeah. But I mean, I keep PCs around because um, there's more to do on them in my field of, of sound engineering uh, than there is on the Mac, but things are actually looking up for the Mac right now. Um, I mean, there's, there's God knows nothing on, on Linux for, <clears throat> for good audio editing, but um, things are really looking up for Apple right now. Uh, uh, they still got Logic and uh, Native Instruments produces all of their, their software for all platforms. Um, so it might end up being that uh, that my industry <clears throat> progresses more and more towards using Apple products. Yeah, and you have Adobe actually pulling their heads out of their asses and realizing, oh yeah, Flash on the web is pretty much dead. And yeah, because yeah, that was actually getting really bad where people were actually saying that they wouldn't be surprised if Adobe just dumped Apple altogether and just stuck with Windows. Mm. But apparently that's not going to happen. But, oh, you say things are looking up for the Mac. I kind of see it kind of going the other way because I've in, been hearing a in lot my, of in my field, in in the field of sound engineering. Oh, okay. Because yeah, I've heard I've heard a lot of horror stories regarding the uh, the Mac Switching, app uh, store. Oh yeah. Uh, Apple, uh, I think it was Apple. It was uh, found to be they have the most they have the highest cash reserves of any company in history. Oh right yeah. Now. Oh yeah. They have so much fucking money right now. <laughs> They've surpassed Nintendo in this. And Nintendo oh, not too long ago released uh statements that they had enough money to go bankrupt many times over. <laughs> well, they have tons of cash reserves, but I'm wondering cuz it seems like Apple is just that company that just needs a Steve Jobs. I mean, i I wouldn't be surprised to see, I wouldn't be surprised if in ten years Apple's in the same place it was in the nineties. Oh God, failure what after Apple failure. Really needs, what yeah. Apple really needs to function is a vast population of rabid fans who will buy their products, no questions asked, and they have that. 
Yeah. And from here on out, it's not so much a, a task of finding somebody to replace Steve Jobs. It's a, it's more of a task of keeping the user base that they have, despite the fact that they don't have Steve Jobs anymore. And I think that they'll be just fine in doing that. They've made some smart decisions, at least from what I can see, in things that that apply to me. Um, for instance, like the iPad, there's that whole thing about the iPad. I don't care about the iPad. The iPad doesn't apply to me because I'll never buy one. But um, I am definitely part of the market for buying uh, for buying a MacBook because um, I need mobile. Uh, I need mobility in in audio editing software, and they have right now what is considered by many audio engineers the best platform for mobile audio editing with the MacBook and Logic Pro. Um, what with soundboards being going digital and now, you know, <clears throat> no soundboard is worth anything if it doesn't have a FireWire output, which is standard in all Macs. Um, it, you know, a, the, the, the combination of PreSonus digital soundboard and MacBook is seen everywhere. Um, I think the biggest example is Dragon Force. Uh, Dragon Force is one of the only bands that record everything and mix everything themselves, and they do all of it on a MacBook with a PreSonus. Uh, PreSonus is a brand um, soundboard. Uh, there are a lot of people who who like the Apple operating system and platform for that sort of thing, and they've made some very smart decisions in the past, like buying Logic, that have gained them a new subsection of users that they didn't before have you know before their whole marketing thing was accessibility uh look design coolness factor and um ease of access uh, but now you know with them hoovering up native instruments and uh, ableton live or ableton just put their software on on mac um <coughs> The App Store has all kinds of Audacity clones. They're actually gaining a large following in electronic musicians. Uh, Owl City does everything, uh, recording even, and electronic, all in GarageBand. So for them right now, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a matter of keeping the fan base that they have um, and... and, and maintaining that steady income of new users. And I don't think that's going to be a problem for them unless they make another iPad and piss off people. Yeah, well, I don't know if you've read read the technical details about the latest MacBook Pro, but that, as a, as a person who's like, who being able to just rip open your computer and just replace parts as needed, just is second nature the macbook pro kind of scares me because <laughs> again they they went with design over everything which means now the ram is soldered straight onto the motherboard and the battery <clears throat> is glued to the case yeah and and the laptops don't have proper ventilation and they heat up like a beast. I, I know all those those technical yeah. problems, and those are technical problems, but they pale in comparison to technical problems that a company like, say, HP has in their in their laptops. Yeah. Um, it is a problem, and they need to address that. But I have confidence that they'll eventually address that. 
better than companies like, say, HP have in the past. <clears throat> or Lenovo. Yeah. Well, Lenovo, uh, Lenovo, not on their cheap shit, but on their high-end laptops are just excellent. Excellent Lenovo's, Lenovo's been pissing me off lately with some of their Apple-esque decisions. Um, though their tablets are starting to look really nice, I will admit. Yeah. I'm actually looking to probably dump my iPad and go with, uh, go with a Nexus 7 tablets. Just, just mostly because of the fact that all the apps I use on the iPad are available on Android. And it kind of helps because I, for mobile phone, as a mobile phone, I use Android and I love it. It's the best, it's the, it's the best thing I've ever had in a long ass time. And I just kind of want to have that unity. But I can also see, you know, you were talking about how Apple, all Apple needs is just a group of like really hardcore, you know, fanatical user base. But what they're also developing is just a user base, which is kind of trapped. Because, yeah, I'm just looking at all the apps I've purchased for my iPad, and it's probably about $100 worth of apps that I would be giving up if I went to the went to an Android tablet. Mm-hmm. So I can kind of, you know, you're going to have your fanatics, but you're also going to have the people who are just like, well, I, I don't really have a choice. I've spent hundreds of dollars in apps that I'm just going to lose if I do anything else. Which, which to be honest, is the same problem with somebody who's an an, who has an Android tablet and wants to go over to Apple. You know, they're kind of trapped, too. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess that just really says something about the whole app situation that's going on right now. So It's a burgeoning medium. Um, it. I don't think... The the whole the whole concept of apps is still relatively new. Yeah, and somebody needs to come along and set a standard. And right now, the standard is the um, is the Apple business model because they started it. Um, in order to in order to break away from that, you're going to have to have another company come in as a, as a contender to Apple that has a better model. And right now, <laughs> who's the biggest contender to Apple? <laughs> and what are they doing <laughs> you know, with, yeah. with, the new, with the new operating system that, that Windows or that uh, Microsoft is putting through? Nobody is happy with that right now. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, because oh, that, that's just dumb. That's just so fucking dumb. It's like, okay, we're going to make Windows 8 work on everything, including ARM, but oh, uh, none of your software that was written for x86 CPUs is going to work on ARM, so you're going to have to rebuy all, you have to redevelop all your apps it's to work on ARM. That. The, yeah. the most basic problem right now with Windows 8 is that there is virtually no difference between the mobile operating system that that they've put in, that they're going to put in their phones and the operating system that's going to be packaged with computers. There is no difference. And like, say what you want about Apple. That's one thing they got right. Yes, you know, it's still basically the same operating system that's on an iPhone, 
that's on a MacBook, but it's still you know the iPhone operating system is a part down version and it's and it's uh, optimized for the iPhone and then their operating system on on uh, on the uh, laptop and desktop side is basically the same operating system, but it's not the same as the mobile platform. It doesn't have the same look and feel. It doesn't work the same way. Um, but the the early betas of Windows 8 for the computer look like what it's going to be on the Windows phone, and that's just stupid. You know, you can yeah. do that with a tablet if you want, because a tablet is, for all intents and purposes, needs a simpler operating system uh, than, than a laptop or a desktop, but you can't do that with your uh, with your 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 factory defaults for a computer, it doesn't work like that, and that's really what's made so many people angry. Uh, well, that's part of what's made people so angry is is really like you know the look and feel of of what we see of Windows 8 right now just looks like a phone, and it that's just the absolutely incorrect way of going about uh, creating an operating system. You know, you yes, you can have the same operating system across all devices, but they have to work differently depending on what the device is. When you got all that shit with their when with the Windows phones, like uh, they made the whole big deal about that new uh, Nokia that came out. Um, was that thing about maybe four or five months ago, and how it's running Windows Mobile Phone Seven. And it well, you will not be able to upgrade it to Windows Mobile Phone Eight, mm-hmm. which is, I mean, I have I have uh, a first generation Motorola <laughs> Droid uh, sitting around here, and if I wanted to, I could install the latest Android operating system to it. I could upgrade it all the way to Jelly Bean. It would run like shit, but I could do it. And it's mm-hmm. the same. It's even the same with Apple. You know, if you have a 3GS, you can run. You'll be able to run uh, I, the latest version of iOS. It'll run like shit, but you could do it. And it's just, I don't know. Microsoft is fucking up hardcore. There they are. <laughs> Which they want to do. They are want to do. I don't know. They, Microsoft seems to work better with odd numbers than even numbers. Seems like. Oh. Jay, Jehu, Sigmas? I'm still here. Yeah, no comment. <laughs> you guys sound really, bo- you guys sound so <laughs> fascinated. We're, we're so stuff. fascinated, we just listen to it all. <laughs> it's like listening to a professional lecture. I feel I should be paying for this. <laughs> this is what happens you get an asshole like me who does nothing all day but drive a truck and listen to technology podcasts. <laughs> I just I just regurgitate the shit that people who are probably dumber than me get paid a lot of money to talk about. <laughs> yeah. It's Oh, let's talk about video games again. Uh sure. Actually, I was wondering are you any of you guys interested in that one uh that one game? I think it's already out. Uh I saw it on Destruct Tool. It's 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 gonna be it's on XBLA. It's uh, it's not on the PCs. I don't know if it's coming to PCs, but or PS3. But um, I think it was like uh, Dusk something something. Oh, 
Dust. Dust. The furry game. Actually, um... I yeah. haven't heard anything about that, actually. I have no idea. I don't pay attention to XBLA, so... We we have Xboxes in this part, but one of them is hacked, and the other one is, like, unplugged and in a box. Yeah, it's called, a, it's called Dust and Legion Tale. Uh, and... I haven't actually seen much about it. I mean, um, the only thing I've seen about it was going back, uh, that Northern Lion guy, he does Let's Look at some games. He's a, he's a partner with YouTube, and one of the things he does a lot is he gets, uh, uh, games like that. Like, he gets copies of the games from developers and stuff to review. And the reason he gets it is because he's brutally honest with what he thinks about the game and, you know, what the flaws are in the game, like legitimate stuff and all that. So he's not, you know, he's not getting paid off to give it good reviews. Yeah. Um, but I was watching the video he had, and what I was noting, the combat in it looks really smooth. Like, yeah. Well, um, Destructoid uh, did a review of it, and I don't know if the uh, it's been it's the same thing that's happening on on other review sites regarding the game, but they reviewed the game. Jim Sterling specifically reviewed the game, and I don't know if you guys know anything about Jim Sterling. He's he's a rather uh, abrasive and hilarious character. Um, he's and you know he 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 gives honest reviews regarding games and everything, like he should. And he gave uh, Dusk and Legion, uh, Dusk and Legion tra- Tale uh, a, a decent review. I think it was like an eight out of ten or something. Mm-hmm. And I'm really liking how this, uh, how the game looks. Yeah, it's yeah, like it's well, it, it's got like real you know. It's really, really nice style. It's sort of similar to, uh, oh, those older games that came out for the PlayStation 2. I think they were, uh, shit, I can't remember. They're, they're really, really I know really what you're pretty. talking about. I think I might know what you're talking about. But I don't remember. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's really, yeah, it's really, uh, really similar. But the pro, the thing was that he gave a really decent review. He didn't mention anything about the fact that, you know, there are anthros in it, anthros in the game. Mm-hmm. But uh, the, the in the comment section for the review of the game, people were writing the game off as being a game for furry pervert faggots. Oh. And they were accusing, and Jim certainly is not furry. But they were accusing Jim Sterling of being a furry, and that's why he gave it such a high score, and just all this, all this shit. Yeah, it's like liking Sly like Cooper and being called a furry or something like that. Just, I don't think that's right. Yeah. What's, what's the game? It's Dust Five One Four. Is what you're talking about? No, it's uh, Dust and Legion 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 Tale. Just type in Dust. XBLA to to uh, that's why Google uh, Google yeah that's oh I found it okay different. yeah Dust One Five One Four is like a yeah Dust Five One Four is a is a shooter and that's on PSN yeah but it's a beautiful game and it plays really smoothly and you know uh, Jim Sterling who's a very critical critic uh, gave it a fairly decent review and. It's just sad that because it has anthropomorphic characters in it, it's getting shot down. It's getting shot down. The same problem happened with that uh, 
DS game that went around. Uh, Solo. Oh, yeah, Solo Robo. Robo. That's the yeah. one. Yeah, it was a spiritual sequel to Tail Concerto, if you ever played that one for PS1. Um, Slaughter Robo was uh, was a really fun game from what, from what I played. I, I actually managed to get through it on PC because I had a DS emulator. It was a lot of fun, and it it had a you know relatively JRPG ish story that was pretty good. But all the all the characters were Anthros. Um, main character was a wolf. Uh, there was a character who was a cat that looked like a girl but was a trap. And and so people just sort of wrote it off as a as a generic furry game that no one was ever going to play, which is a shame because it was actually really good. It didn't get the attention that um, I think it deserved uh, because people wrote it off in the same way. I suppose what you're saying. It does. I'm actually looking at the um, <laughs> the destructed comments right now. <laughs> yeah, I love I love the one comment: "Suffer not the furry to live." <laughs> um. But he actually uh, later on they they do a podcast and the the topic of uh, dust uh, came up and he actually went on a huge rants regarding because he's not furry and honestly if you were to hear him before he went on this rant he would say that he would most likely be anti furry but he went on this huge rant uh, regarding the whole um, fur fag uh, situation. And I really loved how he compared people who hate on furries to he basically said that he felt he feels that people who hate on furries are actually racists who are too scared to hate on minorities <laughs> or other religion or minorities or women and thus hate on furries because it's acceptable. And this is coming from a dude who is in no way part of that fandom. Mm-hmm. Oh, and Sigmas, the uh, game I was referring to, uh, Odin Sphere. Oh, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm, watching, I'm watching a gameplay video. This actually does look a lot like Odin Sphere. Yeah, 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 okay. Uh, minus the hand-drawn uh, characters. That's yeah. exactly what I was thinking. I've seen someone play it. Was it Howard, maybe? Or yeah, our roommate played Odin Sphere obsessively for like three months. Yeah, I played I, I played it back in like two thousand nine obsessively. It's just a beautiful fucking game. So here's here's one for you. This one I haven't taken on a while. Uh, an old game that you would think you'd love to see remade. Hmm. Sagan? An, an old, old game, game an old game, like anything from your childhood or a game that you loved that you would love to see remade, like even if it's just updated graphics or something like that. I can already answer this for you. Super Mario RPG Legends of Seven Stars. <laughs> so, yeah. Pretty yeah. Cool. That would be pretty cool. I don't New, mind. Uh, Dino in 3D. That would be that? so wonderful. Oh, he's saying game? playing as Gino in 3D. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> His sprite looked really weird. Like, I thought that thing on his hair looked like his nose or something when he turned a certain way. I'd like to see it in actual 3D so I know what he actually looks like. I could I could just cop out and say Final Fantasy VII 
but I won't because I honestly don't care if that game gets remade. Uh, a game I've always wanted to see remade or at least <laughs> recoded so that it could run on anything past Windows 98 without using all sorts of ridiculous illegal hacks is Grim Fandango. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I would absolutely love to see an enhanced remake of Grim Fandango. Uh, um, it's just all the everything about that game is is hilarious. And, um, I mean, yeah, everyone knows I have a big heart on for Tim Schafer and Double Fine um, and Classic Starts Games. But Grim Fandango really takes it for me because of how incredibly silly the game was in dealing with uh, death which is like that's something we kind of take for granted in video games like years ago you know death was a big thing people were shocked when Aerith was killed on screen you know and stuff like that but nowadays we, we pretty much take death for granted in a video game it's just sort of a byproduct of playing a game but Grim Fandango took that and turned it on its head you know, by dealing with death in such a in such a silly, you know, offish manner. You know, that even things that are dead can die by having flowers planted inside them. It just the the whole the whole way it dealt with death and 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 things after life was so interesting. That combined with the fact that you were playing a slimy grim reaper who was really only, you know, doing his job and being nice because he wanted to go to heaven. Um I would I would absolutely love to see that that game remade. There's a couple games on the N64 I would like to see remade. Uh, has anyone heard of Perfect Dark? Yeah, yeah. it was made by Rare, the same people who did um, GoldenEye. Perfect Dark. Didn't, they, didn't hmm? they put Perfect Dark on the Xbox? Did they? they were, when they, they were it, bought. It was a. It was a. It was just a port, though. Oh, okay. Never mind. It'd be um, nice to see like an HD update. I'm, I'm looking at, um, yeah, they, they never really did a remake. There were, there was a sequel that was planned for, uh, GameCube. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Um, but then Rare got bought Ah, here we go. Yeah. And then they got bought by Microsoft. There is a sequel for Xbox 360 called Perfect Dark Zero. Oh, that is kind of interesting. Also, uh, the other one is. Um, oh, were you saying something else? Oh no, I'm just I'm just looking through. Okay. Uh, Perfect Dark Zero wasn't re- uh, received very well. Yeah. Um, There's an, a pretty interesting uh, third-person shooter on N64 called Jet Force Gemini, and my friend rented that, and we played multiplayer on it. And it was really fun. I'd uh, like to see an update on that. I have a game. Um... It's actually a very. It's a Nintendo game. It was a, a top down. It was a side scrolling and top down shooter uh, called Abadox. And oh yeah, I remember that. It was created. It was created by the CEO that eventually made uh, the Harvest Moon series. And basically, what it was there was no real story to it. But apparently, uh, you, know, you had to go rescue the princess whose whose spaceship was eaten by a giant planet that was actually a living organism 
and you actually um, had to fight your way into the planet, and you started out on its skin, and you had to fight all the parasites on skin, and you go into its mouth, and you battle a giant tongue, and it's and then you go and you battle its demonic tonsils, and then you go into its throats, and fight parasites in there and then you go into its stomach and you just you, you go deeper and deeper into this planet to rescue the princess it's an incredibly difficult game difficult game to play but I just love to see it get remade just because I love the concept of just of just your entire environment is a living thing and just I'd love to see an HD remake of it just with just so much gore and just <laughs> monsters and even in the Nintendo, as a Nintendo game, it had a lot of detail to it. Like, when you were in the first level on the skin, you would fly past, like, other spaceships that have crashed into, that crashed into the planet. Um, and you go inside and you see just wreckage of, of other ships that, that this monster has eaten just lying around inside of it. Mm. And also, it had one of the most... Because I played it as a little kid, and one of the, it had one of the most, at the time, the most scariest bosses ever, and it was actually a giant tapeworm. And the reason it was so scary was because you didn't fight the head or the body of the tapeworm, you fought the tail, which meant you had to slowly, slowly fly past its body, and all you heard was a heartbeat, just a, you know, a, a thumping heartbeat. As you're just passing this just gigantic tapeworm that's just full of eyeballs that are like staring at you and just teeth uh, jabbing out trying to kill you, and yeah, that that'd be I'd have I'd have a lot of fun playing that. I think another game I'd like to see remade is um, Sim Ant. Have you guys ever played that? Yeah, I played it. I, yeah, Sim. Yes, Ant. I played it once. Uh, Sim Ant was. Um, it was, it was done by the guys that did, uh, you know, obviously the SimCity games, Spelman Maxis. Um, out of all of the Sim games, though, Sim Theme Park included, uh, which actually wasn't done by Max, done by Bullfrog. Uh, Sim Ant is my favorite out of all of them because it's a deliciously simple game where where a, a, a run-through can take anywhere between a day and weeks, and it can play out in any different manner. You know, you you, you obviously you had the ob- objective of taking over the entire house and becoming the ruling factor. You also had the objective of destroying the evil red ants, um, and, and it's it's sad. Cause, I mean, I have Simant right here, and you have to play it in DOSBox, but it just uh, it isn't quite the same anymore because the um, the frame rate is is pathetic. It's very hard to play in DOSBox because it runs so slowly. Um, but that was like that was that was my childhood. That and Mech Warrior were, were my childhood, and uh, I'd really like to see another another sim type game where you play as bugs. Uh, I think it's really entertaining. <laughs> oh, I just remember, uh, go go on the Abadox really quick. Abadox actually not the tapeworm, but another boss that was deeper. I think it was in. I think it was actually part of the monster's heart was this boss which looked eerily similar to a pregnant woman fused to the wall and her attack was 
she would shoot bullets out of her eyeballs and her mouth, but she would give birth to these pregnant fish that would home in on you and explode in a swarm of worms that would just go and kill you. So you had not only did you have to dodge all these bullets, but you had to dodge these fish that would explode and and try to kill you. It, it was just I just remember it just being a little kid, just one of the most fucked up scenes I ever saw for in a Nintendo. I was actually surprised it was a Nintendo game. Oh, all the all the design for the enemies in Abadoc were horrifying. Uh, yeah, I know the one the one game that I if I could have remade, it's an old. It came out on PS One and N sixty four. Fuck, how long ago was it? I don't even remember. But it was made by um, oh shit, what's the company? They they they've got they've since gone bankrupt. They went bankrupt a long time ago. But it's a game called Nightmare Creatures. Ah uh, yes. That game I remember specifically for being one of the most over-the-top, gory, violent games I played on the PS1, but simultaneously also one of the freakiest fucking games I've ever played. That What's game it called again? Nightmare, Nightmare Creatures. What, what made this game so fantastic? And if it got a graphical update and all that stuff, the one thing I want them would want them to keep is the black fog in the game, because... Um, the way the game is played is like you you progress through I think it's like 32 different levels I don't remember exactly how but it's like you're in London and you're progressing through different levels of the game and um, because of the game's age they had to implement you know some sort of rendering distance and so the way they did this was um, it's kind of like almost Silent Hillish uh, was they made in a black fog yeah so like it was everything was black around you the only thing you saw was what was in the rendering distance of your character. And even then, at a distance, there was, like, a fog itself that kind of laid over most of the levels. So you would hear enemies in the distance, like, you would hear them growling or things like that, but you wouldn't be able to see them until you got into range, which is like, oh, shit, oh, fuck, what am I going to fight now? Oh, Jesus. And the black fog, like, even though it was a, even though it was a tool for, you know, rendering, keeping the rendering down, it just added an element to the game that was just so fucking creepy. Um... I would kill and what was fun about it too was like you had a bunch of different power ups there was a cheat in the game that let you play as the monsters themselves um, and there was one item I remember specifically you could pick up which was basically a saw blade and when you activated it it made all of your attacks do ridiculous amounts of damage and you could dismember enemies down to their torsos wow um, now, and I, when, I, when I'm thinking back in this game, if this game got a graphical update with maybe like a physics engine implemented, it would probably be one of the most violent games you could imagine. Oh, it was, it was a, could, the the second one. Did you ever play the second one? I did play it. Yeah, I didn't like yeah, it as much. The, but. the second one, the main character Adam Crowley was just the design for his character was just so so creepy and terrifying. Yeah, the, and it also had an awesome soundtrack. Like, it had a lot of gothic metal in it. Huh. I mean, this, the game takes place in, like, eighteen hundred, like 1880s London, but all the boss themes, like, all the, all the level themes are very ambient kind of music, but when you get to the boss themes, it's like this heavy gothic metal music, and it, it was just, it fits so well. I'd I completely forgotten about game. this game, and yeah. I feel awful now for completely yeah, forgetting I it existed. I absolutely loved it. <laughs> it's a terrifying game too I mean it actually I, I played through it again recently not too long ago and there were still some things that scared the fuck out of me I mean the creature designs in it are horrifying they're really well done and I would love to see them redone in you know today's you know 
current rendering engines. It would just be amazing. Then the game was unforgiving as hell. <laughs> it really was unforgiving. One, uh, actually, just uh, one game I would love to see get remade, and just simply because I'd really like for this style of tycoon game to come back. Because I know for a while, like in the early two thousands and late nineties, there's this that dearth of tycoon games, like. Uh, like Lemonade Stand Tycoon and just Hotel Tycoon, just all those shitty game, shitty management games that Lemonade were... Stand. Never heard of that one. Yeah, that... Lemonade Stand Tycoon. I've played wow. that. Yeah, <laughs> but really, I guess it was the first Tycoon game. It was also the best. Was uh, it was there was Aerobiz and then its sequel, Aerobiz Supersonic, and they were airline management uh, simulations that were on the Super Nintendo and Sega Genesis. And it, that's all it was, was that you, you ran an airline. You, mm-hmm. you bought aircraft, you opened up routes, and it did it so well. That's all it did. And they actually, the, the developer actually took the time to go to actual aircraft manufacturers and get licenses so you could fly around and you could get like real aircraft. <laughs> and, I would just love to see that remade where somebody actually took the time to like license aircraft from Boeing and Airbus and the Russian companies and just re just re release it as a modern game and maybe with like an online element so you could play play with your friends mm-hmm. online. You know, just sort of just a just a put out like a good a good tycoon game. You know. Yeah. Because I just I miss roller coaster tycoon. Uh, I played all the sim games wrong. I, like on Roller Coaster Tycoon, I'd kill everyone. On <laughs> uh, SimCity, I'd always I'd build up like for two or three hours, and then I'd send in all the horrible oh things. I remember my friend had SimCity 2000 on his computer way back, and I remember you could pick from like pre-built cities, and one of them was <laughs> Hawaii. And I just kept doing floods until nothing was left of Hawaii but the very tip top of a skyscraper (laughs) sticking out of the water. (laughs) Actually, that uh, reminds me, is probably one last topic we could probably talk about. And then uh, I'm pretty sure Chef Sandy and Apple Sire get a hold of us want to do want to do their little thing. But um, I, I wanted to talk about pushing games. Way beyond what they were designed or to do, or what the developers thought was possible with them, and there's actually now there's three uh, three examples I wanted to pull up. The first one is called the Eternal War. Ah, uh, yes. Wh- which was which is a um, which is a. I'll go. I'll go ahead and uh, link it to you guys. Uh, the Eternal War is a game of of civilization 2 uh that's been, that a guy has been playing off and on for 10 years and basically what happened was uh what happens when you spend a decade of your life playing one single game of civilization 2 nothing good as it turns out at least not for the virtual citizens of your 
your world. A Reddit user by the name of Lysirius posted his 10-year tale of woe earlier today, describing how this world in the year 3991 AD is a hellish nightmare of suffering and devastation. Uh, and basically, all, all that's left is there's three superpowers left in the world. The uh, They've gone to war. They've been in a constant state of warfare for 1,700 years. The uh, They've gone. They've launched so many nukes that the ice caps have melted twenty times. Ouch! Jesus. All that's left uh, is just basically mountains and swamps. Uh, there's no way they they can't all. All they can do with their engineers is just build railroad lines uh, to transport troops to the war, to the fronts and to. Uh, you know, they can't actually build farms or anything. It's basically, he just, it's just, he, he's pushed the game of Civilization 2 beyond what it was supposed to do. And they've actually went and interviewed uh, Sid Meier about it. And he said that, yeah, when we made this game, we never expected this to happen. <laughs> and you then there's actually, a, You can actually download his save files and try and, and play his game and see if you can fix it but yeah they've been trying <laughs> well and they they've succeeded uh and well the first person managed to end the war and the only way you can the only way they've managed to end the war was to conquer the other two civilizations and the first person who managed to conquer it did it i think in like 58 years and now the competition is to see how fast you can do it i think they've now they've got it down to 32 years jesus yeah, and then um, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's just a, it's just really, uh, really interesting. And then another one was um, in uh, in Sims three, and the art, the title of the article is the totalitarian Buddhist who who beat Sim City. Oh yeah, I've seen that. And this guy, this guy, this guy's insane. This guy. Uh, Sim City. Yeah, he's he spent four years, and he's actually carefully mapped out and detailed uh, his plans for these cities. Where he's actually, yeah, he's actually technically beat Sim City three. Um, these cities range from like thirty thousand to fifty thousand years old, and. Again, they're like sort of hell holes. Hmm. Yeah, where they are perfect cities, but nobody lives past <laughs> the age of fifty. There's no parks. There's no no kind of entertainment. The virtual citizens who live in the city are basically uh, it, it's like a 1984 scenario. And actually, if you watch the video he posted up on uh, YouTube, it's it's really really creepy. Yeah. It's pretty goddamn scary. Yeah. And then the third one was actually in, in Minecraft. Um, and I'm trying to pull it up right now. Uh, I really need to get Minecraft sometime, but I'm so afraid that that's all I'm going to do for date. Yeah. Where, um, okay, I just pulled up the article. Uh, where this, where this, uh, 
this uh i think it was a university uh, uh university student uh got 30 volunteers to into a small a small map of minecraft to see uh how they would uh interact with each other uh how they would interact with each other with limited resources and oh i saw that yeah, and how they basically destroyed the destroyed the world in two months. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how they how it was only thirty people, and while the map was small, it was still pretty massive. But how they uh, initially tried to work together, but then they broke off into these four factions and just went to war with each other over limited resources. I think they're talking about how. And, uh, at first, I think the first resource that sort of went away was I think it was diamonds, and then trees, and then and then iron, and then and then the dirt itself started. They started running out of dirt. Hmm. And after two uh-huh. months, after two months, the, the guy had to. The the experiment apparently was a total failure, um, and the guy just ended the game. And he posts up a bunch of pictures, and it's just this, this, this nightmare, this nightmare world. Well, that's, that's actually sort of been a, it's been a theme lately in games when, when developers give players the more power to fuck around. Um, Things like this tend to happen. I posted a video a long while back on Tumblr of a game called 98 Koshien. And uh, 98 Koshien is an old Japanese uh, baseball game. And one of the key features of 98 Koshien was the ability, <laughs> yeah, I the ability to, to edit the animation that your pitcher would go through when they threw the ball. I remember that. And... Um, Japan being the crazy place that it is, and gamers being the crazy sort that they are, took this and just ran with it. They made ridiculously intricate animations, ridiculously silly animations, dances. Uh, they get their their um, player models to masturbate and then throw the ball. And and it was as far as I know, this feature was only <laughs> found in '98 Koshian and any other of the later later Koshian videos or Koshian games. It wasn't a feature. Uh, just in this one, um, and there are examples of this, this everywhere. Like uh, Gary's mod is a great example of this. Um, the crazy models that people have been importing into Source Filmmaker, the uh, trolling penis monsters that people made in Spore. <laughs> yeah. Um, and one of the best comments I've ever heard on it was actually on the '98 Koshien video. And the comment, it was a top comment on YouTube for the longest time on that video, and it was reasons to give players, reasons to never give players this kind of power. This video. Reasons to always give players this kind of power. This video. <laughs> um, and I totally agree with that. I think, I think giving your players freedom to fuck around in your game is one of the most horrifying and awesome things you can do. Um, and we've seen horror come from all kinds of places, like for instance, um, that event a long while back in uh, World of Warcraft, the Corrupted Blood Plague. Oh yeah, uh, where there was a dungeon that they had just added that um, the monster, 
the boss when you killed it would randomly infect one player with, with this um, disease called corrupted blood, and it would it would very slowly but surely kill them unless they were you know fairly low level. They would just kill them. And the reason why it was such a it was such a big deal was because it encouraged players to think about their spacing with each other when they attack the boss because corrupted blood would infect players that got too close to whoever got infected. Um, and it, it was added as just a measure to make that boss more interesting and difficult, but what ended up happening was, happening was there was a bug where um, corrupted blood would actually infect your pet along with you, and if you quit the dungeon at, at, a, at a specific time after you beat the boss you would no longer have corrupted blood because they didn't want to bring that out in the world but they neglected to program it to also cure the pet so yep. there were players who would exit that dungeon with their <coughs> pet infected with corrupted blood which would then infect them and then infect nearby players and there are screenshots of some of the major city hubs in, in World of Warcraft, just filled with dead, decaying bodies, because somebody would get infected, go you know, go back to their town, and then just everybody would would be infected and die. Uh, and it's actually a really, really chilling set of of screenshots because it's like you know, if you've played World of Warcraft or watched someone play, you know those city hubs are always full of people, so full of people that sometimes you crash the game because your frame rate drops to nil. And here it is, just that city, just completely devoid of life and movement. And it's just dead bodies everywhere. And stuff like this is um, has been a recurring theme now that games are becoming more mainstream and uh, uh, developers giving their players more power to make user-generated content. Um, and say what you want about user-generated content. Um, user-generated content is one of the driving forces of hype in online games. I mean, look at Source Filmmaker is a prime example, and Gary's Mod are both, are, are prime examples of what user-generated content can do to to raise hype for upcoming games, raise hype for existing games, and just provide a place for the fan base to create fan works. Well, I, I just remember um, that Corrupted Blood, the CDC actually got in contact with Blizzard and got and just to research it because they started looking at the possibility of using MMOs to simulate uh, real-world plague scenarios just to see just to see how it would spread and how people would react. I heard, uh, one of the scary things I heard. Well, it wasn't. It was mostly just griefing, but really, when you think about it, if you try to put it into a, a real context, how horrifying it was was, you know, high level players would get the corrupted blood, and they would survive long enough to when new players came in, they would run by the new players and just immediately kill them with corrupted blood. Mm-hmm. So biological warfare. At its yeah. Time. Yeah, it's just it's really interesting. It's really interesting, especially you know that, and also uh, you know Civ that Civ two and SimCity three games were just all done by uh, you know one person, but like that Minecraft uh, game, 
and World of Warcraft were many people interacting with each other. And just how quickly it just devolved into just pure chaos. So. Oh, wasn't on the, wasn't Eve that Eve Online game technically one of those? Yeah. Situations Eve. because even the developers have admitted that the, the things people are doing on Eve are nothing like they would have imagined what they what would have been. Especially what was it a couple of months ago? I saw that there was this um, there was this massive attack that was planned on one of these huge uh, companies that's in the game yeah. and that the developers are like yeah, they're going to do it and we're going to let them because that's part of the game. We didn't expect <laughs> it to come to this, but we're going to sit back and watch this go down. Well, I, I just heard a, a long a, it was actually a long time ago that I was actually I was playing Eve and I was so in the Eve that I was following like Eve podcasts and the big and because it's all one server, there there are you you play on one giant server, so everybody's in on the same game. And I remember it was a race. I think it was between um, Band of Bros and then uh, something awful's Eve Corporation. I think they were just called the Goon Swarm or something. And they were in a race to build the first Titans in the game. And the Titans were these massive larger-than-planet ships that could actually attack across solar systems. Because when you jump from solar system to solar system, you jump through jump gates and you load load the uh, new solar system. And with these Titans, they would be able to fire upon another solar system and just attack that way, which... It meant any corporation that had a Titan would would rule the game. So I think it was, it was I think it was Band of Bros built the first Titan, and then and then surprisingly shortly afterwards, Goon Swarm destroyed it. <laughs> yeah, and I then guess. and then built their own Titan, and it was just this. It was just you know, and back then it was just like this this huge news. I think it was actually. Like PC gamer knows these websites reported. It's like, oh my god, the first Titan was built. Holy shit, the first Titan was just destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just all. And that's the thing about Eve. It's like it's sort of like now I kind of view Eve as sort of like uh, that one website, English Russia, where English Russia just reports, just talks about all this crazy shit that goes on in Russia, and you look at it. And you're like, wow, look at all this crazy shit that happens in Russia. That sounds like an amazing place. I never want to go there. <laughs> and that's sort of how I view Eve now. It's sort of like, Eve is this amazing game. This, look at all this cool shit that's happening. I'm never going to play it, but holy shit. Yeah, exactly. This is I, awesome. I mean, I don't even play the game. I just follow some of the stuff that happens. And I saw, like, the, the developers are saying that there was this massive attack being planned in one of the largest companies in the game. They like dominate the market in the game or whatever, and yeah. the, the devs were just like, "Yeah, we're just gonna watch this happen. We're gonna watch this go down because it's part of the game." I mean, we didn't—they didn't intend, they didn't even conceive of companies getting that huge. I think. And well, I'm pretty—I'm like, sure, pretty sure now Titans are fair, are a fairly common occurrence, but yeah, it's still. Yeah, but it's like they—they they actually have like there's like some, like some sort of alliance going on in the game against this one company. That's just, it's crazy. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I remember um, another story came out where um, this one user uh, built a bank within Eve and offered his ser- offered his banking services, and you know where you'd deposit ISK and you ISK, ISK is the in-game currency, and you get interest on your deposits and all that. It's just like a real bank, mm-hmm. and eventually he got to where he had trillions and trillions of uh, ISK as assets and then he just shut the bank down and took off. <laughs> and people were enraged. People were going to the developers saying, you gotta stop this dude. This dude just screwed us over, just took all of our money, uh, this and that. And they're like, no, we're not gonna, we're, we're not gonna do anything. This is, this is what happens in the game. We don't, we intentionally keep our hands off of it. Yeah. And eventually, from my, uh, you know, and they were talking about how uh, a lot of the players were in contact with, I think, Interpol or their local police, because he had several trillion ISK, and they said they can, at the current conversion rate, if he were to sell that is for real money, he would get about seventy thousand dollars. Jesus. And so they are key. They are keeping an eye on it because it would be taxable income and that's how they and they, they wanted to try to catch him and just try to get him in trouble and nothing ever came of it I think the guy is just, just was just a troll but still it was pretty amazing just yeah. how much freedom there is in EVE I can't yeah. if it was EVE or some other game where some, or some group had like um, this frigate that they had loaded with some in-game currency and um, they had bought this money, like they had bought this currency with uh, real money, and it was valued at something like ten thousand dollars. Oh Jesus! And they their frigate got attacked and it blew up, and it took the money with it. <laughs> they lost ten thousand dollars worth of this stuff because of they because their frigate was attacked, oh, and they man. couldn't and they didn't properly defend it. See, I'm wondering. I'm wondering if, it, in a situation like that, that isn't some sort of a, some sort of a money laundering scheme, a real life money laundering <laughs> scheme. I mean, that's a great way to get rid of a, to, to, to clean up a lot of cash. It's, it's just to buy a lot of gold in a in an MMO. But yeah, that's that's just crazy. Yeah, and I just remember all kinds, of, and there's all kinds of little stories too, where, like, uh, like it wasn't me that was playing; it was a friend of mine that was playing, and he, uh, he was uh, traveling through space. And fact, oh yeah, uh, just just before you go into the story, I'm gonna drop out of the call and call up AC and Chef to just do a quick pre-podcast thing with them. Go ahead and get oh, to right. this episode, and then hit me up when you guys are done, okay? Okay, I, th- I think we're going to be done pretty soon. Um, but yeah, it just really quick. It was just a, a little story, and he, he had just started playing the game. He finally got out of the, all the training and everything, got into real space. Because uh, that, that's what you have. You have the, uh, in, in EVE, you have the space that's sort of protected by the uh, in-game empires, and then you have real space where it's basically just all player-controlled and is pretty controlled by the corporations pretty anarchical 
and he finally got in the zero zero space and there's a freighter uh with an escort that was being attacked by another corporation and he went to the help of the freighter to help him fend off the other corporation and he actually he helped them and they fended them off and they actually invited him into the corporation he actually became pretty good friends with those guys hmm. it was it's just one of those really cool like MMO stories that you don't hear very often anymore so well shit <laughs> I'm about done I have nothing else to talk about now <laughs> yeah Maybe, uh, I'm actually kind of surprised we went this long huh? <laughs> we're at like 2 hours and 40 minutes <laughs> <laughs> wow that's pretty fun Oh, this is all going up on the electric brownie. I don't edit for shit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do any editing at all. At least you're honest. Yeah. yeah. So, I don't know. Any of you guys got any more stories or things um, to talk about? I'm going to say one thing right now since we were talking about Dark Souls earlier. One last thing. Um, for people on the fence about the port, the port, basically. Yes, it does have a locked internal resolution. There's already a mod out there that fixes that and does some other things to the game, so you don't have to worry about that. Uh, the frame rate issue people have bitched about, I've had no frame rate issues whatsoever. It's solid, it's smooth, It's it runs well. Like, if you have a decent enough machine, it runs really well. And um, Yeah, it does have games for Windows Live, but I know, I know a lot of people hate that shit. But, I mean... It's it's not that big of a deal, honestly. <coughs> it's not like you need to pay for the goddamn service. If you already have an Xbox Live account, that's all the better because then you can just link it to that. And well, if you have Fallout Three, then you already got games for Windows. Exactly. Yeah. And um, yeah. really, I mean, it's it's worth it. I mean, I'm not just saying that because I. I mean, yeah, I fucking love the game, and I would, you know. But the thing is, it's forty dollars. You get the you get the game plus you get the entire DLC, which. From what I'm seeing is a shit ton of new content that they added. Plus, they've rebalanced some things in the game. For anybody who's played the console version, they've rebalanced some certain items in the game that used to cause trouble in PvP and all that. Um, it's a little slow right now in terms of the PvP, PvE, or yeah, the PvP and summoning scene because people are you know new to the game, getting things done, you know, trying to get through the game, and nobody. I've ran into a lot of people who don't seem to understand the concept of summoning and PvP and how to build their characters and stuff, which is to be expected. So, I mean, just be patient with that. I'm sure that'll pick up, but it's really worth it to get it. Yeah, and also I want to mention that if you are thinking about getting this game, purchase it through Steam legally because this game is a result of petitions from players to get this on the PC. So, it, I mean, it really it sends a clear message to Namco Bandai and other developers that that the PC the the, the 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 PC platform and Steam is a worthwhile platform to develop for. There's a there is a precedent to purchasing this game on Steam. Mm-hmm. It'll yeah. probably hell. It might even net us the next Souls game on PC. Yeah, because they, Darks. Yeah, Namco Bandai had no intention to ever release this for the for the PC, and it was strictly through petitions, 
and letter writing or email writing campaigns that caught that made uh, Namco Bandai uh, change their mind, and they did it, and so pay them back by purchasing the fucking game. <laughs> yeah, I'm just That's saying. That's all I can it's, say. It's worth it. I mean, again, just maybe watch like a, fir- a playthrough of like maybe the first area or two of the game to see if it's the right game for you. Yes, it is frustrating on your first playthrough because you don't know what you're doing. Yes, you will die a lot. That's part of the game, though. It's not a game where you... I- I've played through the game three times now, and while that's not, comp- that's not a lot compared to some people I know... I still die a fuck ton. Oh yeah, <laughs> really, yeah, yeah. This is it's a brutal, uh, no holds barred game. I think I get. I mean, I get cocky in certain areas of the game, and I get my shit wrecked. <laughs> Why do you think it's called the Prepare to Die Edition? Exactly. <laughs> uh, Dark Souls is a, a sequel, right? It's yeah. It's, it's, it's technically a spiritual not. sequel. Oh, yeah, so you don't have to play the successful. first one. Yeah, Demon like Souls. The only thing, the only thing in Demon Souls and Dark Souls that are similar are some character, like one or two characters, I think, and a few items. Other than that, okay. there's no real connection between the two games. Okay, so it's yeah. kind of like Chrono Cross. Like yeah. Very little has to do with. There's that. references to Demon Souls, from what I understand, and I've seen a few watching some Demon Souls videos. But there's no like, this is what happened in Demon Souls. Now this okay. is what's happening in Dark Souls. Which one better? Um, from what I've seen, Dark Souls is considered better just because the gameplay was updated a lot. A lot of the gameplay stuff was updated, and they actually added a bit more of a challenge to the game with limited healing items and things like that as compared to Demon Souls. Yeah, because Demon Souls, there's a hub-type world you'd go through. In this, it's all yeah. one giant map. Yeah, in Dark Souls, it's all one. Um, every like Every area in the game is connected in one way or another. Okay. Okay, I think with that I'm just just gonna go ahead and end the recording here, so alright. I think this is the first Electric Brony I've put up in like a month, so and it's three it's almost three hours long, so I hope you fucking listeners appreciate this. <laughs> alright, and we out.